Welcome back to another episode of That's the Truth. Thank you for stopping by. I want to thank you for taking time to to tune in with us. If you've been following along, you know that our goal is to become what God has created us to be one step at a time so we can be effective and make an impact in every area of our life. And simply, we are privileged, we're honored to be able to have a phenomenal guest often here on the podcast speaking wisdom, uh, inspiring us, motivating us, sharing their story. And today is no exception. Uh, I'm really excited, really excited to to present our guest today. And I, I truly feel, I believe that we're going to get a lot of value and a lot of uh, actionable steps and things that can help us in our life and inspire us, motivate us. And wherever we are in life, wherever we are in our journey, we're always learning and growing. And this is the premise of the entire podcast because I feel that we learn through others. We learn through through everybody else's experience, testimonials, how God has moved in, in, in your life, how God has moved in everybody else's. And, and it's a privilege to be able to present uh, and to, to bring to you our guest today here on That's the Truth. And today we have um, a very a very good friend. He's a minister. He's a leader. He's a great communicator. He's a professor. And we're going to learn a lot more about him here today. He's a phenomenal uh, family man, husband, uh, a family with uh, two children, two children, a brand new baby. And I'm very excited to present to you here today, Brother Ron Smith, welcome to the podcast, bro. Oh, Thank man. you for having. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here, man. It's very good. Been looking forward to it for a minute. Yeah, we've been we've been we've been um, talking back and forth. We've been planning it since um, for a while now, yeah, since late last year. Yeah. yeah, since late last year, and we finally got uh, through the holidays, yeah. got through the end of the year, and. Uh, finally, here we are, and thank you for coming out, bro. It's, I'm, I'm excited to have you, here. dude. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. You, you do so many big things with your podcast, man. So what I see, so having me as a guest, I'm elated. I'm elated. Look, just some guy, you know. Just look where God brings you, man. You know, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's a blessing, man. It's not me. It's you know the Lord bringing me to this situation, man. And one thing I left out of that introduction, bro, that killer jump shot that you got. Uh, what? Nah. <laughs> oh yeah, you was the referee. That was fun, dude. That, yeah, that was real fun. Yeah, yeah. So you did a good job. I, I love working out. So playing with the dudes out there when we had that uh basketball tournament, that was real fun. Yeah, for it was the, hot though that day. It was hot. It was early in the summer, so it, the heat was just cranking up. Man. For the ones that don't know, uh there was an event that for the young people that that was organized. Uh, by the district, and there was basketball goals set up, and uh, Brother Ron was participating in that, and that was the first time I got to see you play, and I, <laughs> I got to referee. That was my participation in the game, and uh, so, yeah, that was cool, man. I just kind of had to highlight that for you. Nah, it was, hey, man, I'm just out there playing, you know, with those young guys. Man, I'm old, so trust me, my body was hurting. Yeah? Was, after I was done, dude, yeah. yeah. But it, it was fun, man. It was for a good cause, you know, bringing young people together, uh, you know, so they have like-minded people in, in Jesus. So that was good. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that it still resonates in my mind, bro, was the message that you brought to the young people that day at the at the conference that we had um, late last year, this past year, twenty three, and uh, the you brought you took the time to bring an illustration. I love <laughs> illustrations, bro. Yeah. I love illustration. Anytime that I get to add um, 
it'll bring some type of illustration into a message. I love when other people do it. And I like, I love bringing that, that visual yeah. to, to the audience, especially with young people. Mm-hmm. You brought a weight, you brought a dumbbell yeah, yeah. and you were talking about bringing or carrying around the weights in your life, bringing around passage, uh, your past baggage and, 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 and being enslaved to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a visual person. Yeah. So, uh, and of course, when I, you know, come up with these these lessons or these preachings or whatever, I, I allow the Lord to, to use me. But that's just something visual in my mind that we have. And the Bible talks about, you know, you know, to run this waste, you got to put every weight down. So what is a weight? As I was forestating that, that preaching. But I, we think of weights as, you know, it could be a dumbbell, it could be whatever. But spiritually, it can be, you know, sin. It could be sadness. It can be all these things. So that's why I wanted to show like, hey, look. Whatever your weight is, you know, make sure you put that down, all right? Because you know we got a we got a race to run, and if you you know are paying attention, this race is winding up because this world is crazy, bro, right now. Um, uh, but that's something that you know I like to to do is bring illustrations, and pictures, and things of that nature to you know emphasize my point further uh, regarding the lesson I have because particularly with young people, man, you know, they get bored. Yeah. You know, yeah. they, you know, you're just talking up there, you're just standing up there. And I remember when I was in college, you know, I, my teachers would just talk, but I like to look at visuals and whatever yep. to, to emphasize that point even further. Yeah. The attention span of the young people, that's something that we have to struggle with nowadays as communicators, preachers, teachers. And I would imagine that you, you teach at yeah. ACC at Alvin community college and is that something that you struggle with at school too? Well, yeah, for, for sure, especially with the whole cell phone deal. But college is a different thing. I'm not going to say, hey, don't put your, put, take your cell phone out. But right. I, I use a lot of PowerPoints and, and videos and uh, pictures and stuff. So, um, you know, I try to bring energy and things of that nature um, to my presentations and stuff. And, you know, for the most part, from, you know, what I see as far as like evaluation, students love that. Now, um, you know, you have some professors, they just stand up there and talk and, you know, they're not so inclined to doing pictures and illustrations and students don't appreciate that. So I, that's just the type of person I am. I want to make sure that I bring something that students can see, whether I'm preaching yeah, or, yeah. or whether I'm in the classroom. Uh, you know, I want to make sure I have something that people can see and kind of cling on to. Yeah. That day that you shared at the at the conference, I got to see a whole other side of you that I didn't know because <laughs> yeah. I had never seen you present before. Yeah. I, I knew that you were involved in doing that you know, even with the school, administering. But, bro, whenever you started speaking, yeah. I was like, man, I love this. Jay, I mean, look, I, I it's not me, bro. Yeah, I don't really yeah. listen. Oh, look at me. And I'm just going to keep it 100 on your thing. Like, I'm not like, I'm a big shot preacher. I don't get yeah, into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just there. The Lord put me there. Uh, I got a call. Hey, can you come preach to them? Cool. Yeah. You yeah. know, but once I'm there, I want to give it 110%. I want to be the best. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, Brother Fish, he killed it the night before. Yeah. You yeah. know, the spirit yeah. was moving, bro. And I ain't going to lie to you. I'm just going to be in I was like, man, I was nervous. Because mm-hmm. I was like, Brother Fish, he, and man, the dude is amazing. God was on that man, just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So I just thanked the Lord. Like, man, I went up there and I just did what I had to do, right? So it was all the Lord. My main deal is when I go up to preach, when I go up to, to talk in church, you know, I want the Lord to lead me. Right. So I have notes and stuff like this, but a lot of the times I'm ad-libbing. Yeah. You know, just letting the spirit lead, you yeah, know, so yeah. it wasn't me, it's the Lord. That's how I look at it. Yeah, no, I love that, man. And uh, and everybody has a different different gift. Everybody has a different um, uh, talent, gift. Uh, everybody's led differently by the spirit. Everybody um, is used by God in a different way. And whenever you started speaking, bro, I, I just knew that it was 
it was something special. I knew the spirit was over you. I knew that uh, at the end, I mean, you can see the reaction from the young people that, that God did something in their hearts. I never would have thought that I would even be in that situation, man. You know, it's, it's unbelievable if you stick with the with the Lord, as I probably said in that preaching, where he'll take you. Yeah. I'm on a podcast as basically you're a big, you're big, dude, you know, to be honest with you. And as far as like your podcast, people love your stuff. I'm in a, in a podcast right now. I'm preaching at a church. I don't even speak Spanish. You know, that's what shows you it's the Lord that puts you in situations. You got to realize that. Yeah. Right. So um, I never, I didn't go to Bible college. Yeah. I yeah. took the traditional, I played football in college and, you know, I grew up Pentecostal. Um, my grandmother, you know, when I was born in 1980, same month in April, she got baptized in Jesus name and she yeah. started doing Pentecost. And ever since then, you know, I've been knowing about Pentecost my entire life. But I never had that mindset like, oh, I'm going to go be a preacher. I'm going to go to Bible college. I'm yeah, gonna, yeah. No, I just kind of was put, put into that situation, like birthed into that, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people gave me an opportunity to kind of start talking to church. Pastor Burnett, I got to give him credit. Yeah. I don't want to just be rambling, but no, no, you're good, bro. Uh, you're when good. I, I love it. I, I went to, I used to play, I played drums or whatever at Hopkins when he was uh, the pastor. I moved to New York for a year and a half, and then I came back after I got married, and I went to Burnett. And Pastor Burnett, you know, was like, "Hey, all right, we want to start using you." I'm like, "Okay, I just want to play drums, no big deal." He was like, "All right." Next thing I know, he started putting me up there slowly but surely, reading the scripture, and then I just kind of snowballed in a sense. And now I'm here. My wife, she's very uh, influential in terms of saying, "Hey." all right, you're starting to be up there and preaching, you should get your license or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, license? What do I need that? So, I mean, all these things yeah. and whatnot start coming. And, and then I was like, okay, so I'm, now I'm here. But it's not like, oh, I've arrived. Right, you right, never right, arrived. Right, it's it's right. still a journey. It's still things I got to do. It's still things I got to get better. So, yeah. yeah. Man, I love that. Whenever I, whenever I met you, I knew that there was so much, so much more to you. <laughs> and you were just like very quiet, very reserved, very serious. And and one of the, one of the most killer handshakes that that I have ever experienced, man. I, I we shook I shook your hand and I was, and it was just a very very tight grip. And I was like, okay. And I was like, man, brother, serious. Like it means business. Yeah. So once I got to know you, I got to see the you know the the, the athletic side of you. I got to see the communication side of you. I got to see um, more you as a person. Yeah. You know, I, I got to get a little closer to you, and and I knew that you had a phenomenal story. And especially after uh, hearing you preach that time at the conference, I knew that you can't express yourself in that way and and with the experiences that you were sharing. And I just knew automatically that, that you had a story to tell and your upbringing. And could you take us back to that a little bit of what that looked like and how you ended up? Um, it was Indy, New York, and then here? Yeah, so I, I was born in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, to my mom and my dad, of course, they, they were not in church. They were teenagers, 17, 18. Uh, I didn't grow up with my mom, my dad, um, you know, he knows church of all my family and my dad, they know about Pentecost. He was saved. He's a backslider. Good guy, but you know, he, whatever. But I grew up mostly with my, my grandmother. Mm -hmm. All right. And I I was with her mostly. And you know, ever since I was born, all I know is Pentecost. All I know is church. It was a point when I was living in Indianapolis, I moved to Texas when I was like eight or nine, but when I was in Indianapolis, when she first got saved, she didn't, we didn't watch TV, no TV in the house, you know, none of that. Um, later, obviously that changed a little bit, but it was very hardcore. She would listen to the radio. She would call in on the, on the, the gospel channels and talk. Mm-hmm. It was kind of crazy when I was a kid. I remember this, but 
I only remember my my grandmother just praying, you know, uh, everything. She would fast, like I would fast with her. Different things, like she would go to the gym. Uh, she would be laid out in terms of like her her leggings, her dresses, and everything. Never wanted to go to the sauna because it was co-ed. Like yeah, yeah. my grandmother, she was with the Lord. Now she is the epitome of you know being a, a church person. All okay. right, and this is where I am right now. So. Yeah. But I moved to Texas, Dallas, particularly when I was eight or nine to, you know, I was getting in a lot of trouble, um, you know, when I was in Indy, uh, you know, sneaking out and stuff. Just it was a, it, it was a bad trajectory. I would say the Indianapolis, I would have been dead or in jail for gotcha. sure. So I moved to Texas with my aunt and my grandmother, her her sister, and it was a different vibe or whatever. But I still had church, still went to church and things and, uh, you know, Stayed there all the way into college. When I went to college, uh, I went to Houston, played football at Texas Southern. That's how I came to Houston. And uh, then, obviously, years later, I ended up going to New York in 2015 because I got a job out there at this uh, this this college. Then I stayed there a year and a half, came back here to Texas, married my wife, and then I've been here ever since. So I've been here a little bit everywhere, but what's remained the same is that I've never stopped church. Yeah, yeah. You know, I haven't been a perfect person. I haven't always did the things that God wanted me to do, especially when I went to college. Uh, you know, went to college. That was a, you know, you're on your own. There's yeah. not parents there saying, hey, go to church. Right. You know, parents there saying, hey, you got to get up. That's something you got to do on yourself. And that's what we got to tell the young people, like, yeah, oh, I'm 18 now. I'm going to stop going to, I'm going to stop going to church or whatever. That's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's the wrong thing to do. But we have people in church like that. Right, they're just going to church because their parents are making. And I did too it a, a while, but I realized in college, like, hey, I got to do it for myself, you know. And the Lord, <laughs> dude, He's brought me a lot of. I man, I could be dead or in jail. You know, I could have a lot of things could have happened. I could have a lot of bad things, but ultimately, when you stick with the Lord, He He brings you places, and that's what He did for me. So yeah, man, I can definitely relate to your story. Uh, I grew up a. Uh, for about four, five, six years, something like that, uh, in California. Oh wow! I wasn't born there, but we were ra- we were there for a short what, amount what of time. Were you in? Uh, this was a small little city called Bell Gardens, uh, close to LA. Mm. Uh, maybe about twenty minutes or so, roughly. Mm-hmm. If you include the traffic, you might want to double that. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> and uh, we were there, and I was I was just a child, bro. I was on maybe seven, well, maybe even younger than that, like five five, six years old, all the way up until about eight or nine, something like that. Yeah. So, but, but what's crazy about that is that I still have a lot of vivid memories and of that experience. I, I knew exactly where we lived, mm-hmm. uh, where the church was. And I, I bring that up because I relate to your story. My grandmother was the one that introduced the gospel into our family. And then um, through my grandmother, she would take me to prayer service I remember being being in prayer service and I didn't know what was going on. I just followed whatever she told me yep, to do. So yep. I kneel down and pray. Uh, when it came down to clean the church, my stepdad at the time, we'd, we'd go in and clean the church. It was it was uh, at the edge of the street from where we lived. Okay. And uh, it was a small, small little trailer park. Yeah, yeah. And then we just walk in, you know, clean the church in the middle of the week um, and then go to prayer service and go to every service. And I remember uh, drive-bys, I remember experiencing a drive-by in front of the church. Wow. So it was an apartment complex. And this is a whole nother story yeah, yeah. for another another day. But I remember the there was an apartment complex or like another trailer park next door. I remember a, a drive-by happening like a, near, less than a block away. So it was a rough part of town. It was a rough part of town. And uh, I only bring that up because I relate to your story, you know, bringing uh, experience in Jesus, you know, at a, at a young age. And then finally... 
experiencing Jesus on a personal level? Where where did that happen for you? I would say my freshman year in college, um, I had just been, you know, I had, I, Jay, man, I, I'm not a perfect person, dude. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. You know, I'm not proud of the things I've done in the past. I haven't murdered anybody or anything like that, but I haven't always been, you know, faithful to the Lord. Right. Um, girls, you know, drugs, whatever. But my freshman year, uh, coming back from college, um, you know, during the summertime, I was still playing football or whatever, but I would still come back for the summertime. I was like, man, I need to get baptized in Jesus' name. I, I got baptized, like, uh, when I was, like, 20, 21. Yeah. Right? I, I knew I've been in church all my life, but I had really just said, all right, I'm going to go down to Jesus' name. So I remember the church I was going to at the time, <clears throat> I would come back, I came back, and they baptized me during the week, if okay. I'm not mistaken. And, uh, you know, by was there, was the pastor. I think I called my pastor this time. I was like, hey, man, I want to get baptized. So it was like early twenty, early twenties, man. I was like, man, I need to get. Something was just telling me I need to get baptized, and uh, so I went home during the summertime. I don't know August around that time. Got baptized, went back to college, and then when I went back to school that 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 fall, I had a different mindset, right? Um, girls I had been messing with, I was like, and uh, this is just honest, dude. I was like, yeah, I don't no, I don't want to do with that anymore, you know. I felt guilty for doing stuff, and I was trying to get my stuff together. Yeah, it was yeah. just like, man, it was a a burden on me to like do the right thing. And of course I, I still, it was a, it was a journey a work in progress. And I was going to church here in Houston, but that freshman year when I went back home during the summertime, it was just something inside me like, man, I need to get myself together. Let me get baptized. And I remember calling my grandma. I was like, grandma, granny, I called her granny. I was like, yeah, man, yeah. I want to die now. I was like, man, I just want to get it out the way and die now. She's like, no, baby, you got a lot more to do. You know, the Lord's going to use you, stuff like that. Because yeah, I was yeah. ready to die. I was like, man, I'm baptized. I'm saved. Let yeah, me die yeah, let's now. Go. Like, yeah. But it, little did I know, it was a lot of things that the Lord wanted me to do and still want me to do. Yeah. But I, I think that freshman year kind of kind of changed me. It was some things that I needed to get get together because it was, it was not good. Yeah. And I love the fact that you're open and vulnerable with your with your testimony, bro, because I, I, I truly believe that people will be encouraged by your accomplishments. But what's really going to inspire their life and touch their heart is is your vulnerability. It's, it's really going to touch their 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 life in a way to where they can relate. Whenever we're completely open and honest with them, you yeah. know, you can talk about accolades all day long. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Paul Paul what in in the in, in the Bible, bro. We can go ahead and take it there. You know, Paul's talking talking about man. Don't worry about where I came from. Don't worry about like how many years I studied the law. Don't worry about like all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. He goes, this this is this is trash. He's this is garbage. Get Christians murdered or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And what I loved is that he said, "Follow follow Jesus the way I follow Jesus." Mm-hmm. And and he said, "Don't worry about the accolades, but he the experience, bro, that people bring and the honesty." And I love that. And this is a, a, a safe place where we can do that. Yeah. And uh, and and basically speak about the truth. Yeah. Now, how can we understand other people if if we're not truly and open and honest with our experiences? And, uh, and that's something we're going to get into here in a little bit because I I, I really want to hear what you got to say about it. But uh, thank you for sharing that, man. That's just being open and honest with that. No, nah, I'm, I'm going to be totally I'm honest with my, that's just what I do. Just I'm trying to be as transparent as possible. And this is how I talk in my class. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. if I'm like this with my secular side, I mean, why can't I be like that with, you know, the quote unquote, the young people in church? Right, right. Right. So that's just what it is. Just what honest. kind of ages are you working with? Man, it's, they're like school. 17, 8, they're grownups, 19. Um, yeah. And it, and this has changed a little bit here in the last uh, few semesters, but 
I got people last semester, I had people in my class, they were like 50, 40. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's basically from high, uh, 19, basically like a, a hyphen class. Think of a hyphen class, right? Something yeah. like, it's like you look at our hyphen and put them in the classroom. That's what it looks like. Um, and, and with a little bit of like uh, adults scattered in there, like 40s, 30s and stuff like that. But mostly it's, it's like a hyphen class. Yeah. That's why I can go to work and talk about stuff. And then I can go to a hyphen class and talk or whatever. Because um, Brother Sam, my guy Sam Woodworth, shout out to you, my dude. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll do hyphen. It's like, oh, it's not a big deal. Because, I mean, that's my age group. Yeah. I, also, I also work with... Um, Prisoners, okay. right? Part of my job, I work at the TDC, Texas Department of Criminal Justice, and I teach right. classes in there as well. That's a whole different, I mean, murderers, rapists, you name it, they're there. Um, so, you know, a wider range, a wide range of uh, people I work with, but usually we'll say it's hyphen group. Yeah. So many things are kind of rushing through my mind right now. So I'm, <laughs> hey, go for it, man, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm here, bro. I'm very, I'm very visual. Yep. So when somebody's talking to me, I, I, I see everything in scenes in, in my head. So I'm seeing in my head kind of you growing up with the experience that you had, finally meeting Jesus, moving around. You went, you were in Indy, New York, and then now you ended up here, mm-hmm. and then now you're following Christ full heartedly. And, and the way you're doing it, the way you're leading, bro, I, I love it because it's very practical. And at the same time, it's very spiritual. Yep. And you're, you're leading, you're, you're preaching, you're ministering, you're working at the school. And a lot of times, um, a lot, it's very often where I see where you can be, uh, the pendulum swings too heavy one way. Let's say, for example, on the spiritual side, we mm-hmm. can be uh, all spiritual, all spiritual, and then we forget about the, the practical side. There's a lot of practicality where God delegates power and uh, the opportunity to make decisions on our own mm-hmm. and experience those. So from your experience, bro, like have you seen differences where maybe um, from a spiritual perspective, uh, somebody can probably be leaning over too spiritual, forget the practical. And then sometimes even if in the practical side of mm-hmm. things, maybe even in academia or just simply just seeing the worldview from a practical lens, uh, maybe that seems, or if, if you're more spiritual, you're seen, you're perceived as less intellectual. Right. Uh, is that something that you've noticed? Well, I noticed there needs to be a balance, right? Yeah. So um, I've noticed both of those things. Um, and I can only speak for myself. Um, you know, I don't want to be like, to, and again, this is just not a knock on anybody. This is just generally yeah, speaking. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want to be like, oh, so holy or whatever. Like, look right. at me. I'm so holy. Uh, you can't even talk to me or you can't even, like, approach me. But at the same time, I don't want to seem not, I don't want to seem too secular as well. Right, right, right. Right? So that's why I say there needs to be that balance or not. I st- but I, I carry myself. I try to carry myself, like, as an example. Right. Um, like you say, let's go back. You said, hey, well, man, when I met you, you seem like a serious person. People think I'm a, I am serious, but like, and I am a quiet person too. The, yeah. the word talks about even a fool is considered wise if he holds his peace or whatever. Right. So my deal is like, I try not to talk as much and I listen a lot. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Now I'll open up or whatever eventually, but I, I don't really say too much. And that's my thing. Like, I don't talk much when yeah. I get around people. I just, you know, whatever. But kind of keep some mystery there. Right. But, I think the balance is very important as far as like, particularly if you're going to win souls or whatnot. Um, what I'm, what I look like having to be in a Bible thumper, like the Bible says this and da da da. It's like, dude, like 
I'm barely eating food or whatever, or I'm, I'm in an abusive relationship, yeah, or, yeah. you know, this is happening to me, and you're up here saying the Bible saying this, whatever, but at the same time, if I'm acting like, you know, I'm wearing, and again, this is just generally speaking, I don't know what people do, whatever, right. you know, I'm sagging, or, you know, I'm, uh, you know, cursing up a storm, and things of this nature, but then saying I'm, I'm holy and stuff, it's like, it doesn't work like that. So yeah. there definitely needs to be a balance as far as, like, your, the spiritual aspect, and basically the practical sense in terms of winning souls, or whatnot, um, yeah, I would say that for sure. Yeah, that's something that I've that I've um, it, it jumps out at me whenever I see that it, it jumps out at me whenever I see somebody uh, too practical yeah. and then to the point where you you have people that are atheists, you have people mm-hmm. that are agnostic in all respect to whatever it is that people yep. believe, and it's like, well, I they have the 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 viewers like, well, I did this, I put in the work, I put in the effort, I put in the sacrifice, and this is my result. And God didn't do that for me. And then you go to spiritual on one side and then it's like, well, now I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I've been baptized. And now all of a sudden it's just a radical change. But then when you apply that to someone that has had trauma in their life, has had some serious experiences, maybe with physical abuse, sexual abuse, uh, uh, drug addictions, Mm -hmm. you you have um, all all of the effects of that kind of bleed into like, okay, well, what now? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, again, like I said, everybody everybody's coming from a different place. Um, and if we're trying to win souls or not, you know, like you said, everybody has different gifts or whatnot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm not gonna be, you know, like a super preacher or whatever, like some of these people that we see or whatever, but you know, some people may look at them and be like, Man, this guy's like or this woman, I can't approach them or whatever. Look how yeah. so I don't know. It, it just depends on the situation or whatnot. But I think the main thing is we got to keep God the main thing or whatnot. If you can do that, that that always works. Don't put the focus on you. Put the focus on the Lord, things of that nature. And there's ways in class like I can talk about the Lord and talk about Jesus. Like we were talking about at the, the panel. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. There's ways you can, you know, talk about the Lord and talk about Jesus without seeming overbearing or seeming like you're one way or not. Um and I, just generally speaking, or like just from a bigger picture, particularly in our society, we went from a Christian worldview to now a secular worldview. You yeah. know, everything is becoming more secular in terms of thought processes. Um, and if you have like this Christian worldview, then now you're, you know, uh, a Christian nationalist or, you know, you're a this, you're a that or whatever. It's like, dude, like I'm just thinking practical. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't want men in women's restrooms, stuff like that. Uh, and that's just real talk. Right, yeah, it's so, good. The balance is very important. You don't want to be too, well, I don't want to say you don't want to be too spiritual. You always want more of the Lord. Right. But if we're winning souls, you know, there's a, there, it's a nuance. It's a way to do that. Mm. Right. Um, Cause some people, you got to think we've, we basically grew up in church, Jay. There's people that they have no clue about church, like right, right. how the truth is. There's people think that you can go to heaven just by being a good person. Like, I'm a nice person. No, you can't go to heaven. You got to get baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. They think that's crazy talk. Right, right. So it's a ways that you got to like try to reach them. Now the Lord can save whoever he wants, whatever. He, I mean, that's just who he is. He can, you know, you've never been to church. He can touch you and you're saved and you're good. You speak in tongues. We know the Lord is magnificent. But as far as like reaching souls, you got to have a balance. There's certain ways you approach people to yeah. get them to understand about the Lord, get them to understand about, hey, all right, when you come to church and things of this nature, when you start, you know, coming to Christ, there's things you got to, those weights I talked about, you got to start, you know, leaving those pants behind. Yeah, and this is stuff that people don't want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't want to talk about like, oh, you got to, and again, this is, <laughs> 
people do different things. That's fine. Churches got yeah. their own different things. Yeah. This is a general speaking. Hey, you got to take them earrings off. You got to take that makeup off. You got to, you know, get married and not start, not shack. You know, these are the basic tenets, bro. Yeah. Basics. So, but you can't start off talking about, okay, I meet you in the service. What church you go to? I go to so-and-so. Well, you weren't parents. You better stop that now. <laughs> it takes time. You got to let these people like yeah, kind of yeah. get into what the Lord is trying to do. So I think that's where your whole spiritual, because I put it like this. There's people that have been to church, I'll just say, um, and they may wear pants like young ladies. And then you have some people in the church. I know this happens before just in, in churches, generally speaking. And you have like, people that's been saved forever and they like kind of talk down on the people that's just coming in like hey you're not right. doing this you're not doing right. like give them time to yeah 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 go kind of feel their way and let the lord you know yeah work on them so right. yeah so that's where i'm at with that bro because whenever it comes to reaching people you have to understand and, and understanding people understanding their upbringing understanding them as a person their experience, where they've been, how they were brought up. That has so much to do with how they begin their walk with Christ. And that that has so much to do with their decision of, well, I'm going to do this or not. And, and you're right. And in some cases, it's sad to see where some people can be overbearing in certain areas and say, well, you got to do this now. It's like, well, wait, wait a minute. You're trying to, yes, they received the Holy Ghost, they're baptized, but now you're trying to erase 25 years of experience outside of Christ in in two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, you have to understand. It's like, all right, here's here's where I'm at. When you some of the things that you were talking about, the the outer appearance, which is which is it begins on the inside and it goes outward. So with someone that was brought up already in the mm -hmm. church. That is all that they know. Right. That is all that they know. That's all that they've ever seen. So that's what they're going to do. Right. And they understand why. I would hope that they understand why. Yeah. I hope that they explain to them why. So somebody that comes in already, let's say a 22-year-old comes in and their entire life, they know nothing about Christ. They, they're following their, their own life, however it is that they were brought up. Yep. And then now they're, they're coming in. It's it's sad to see that in some cases judgment comes into play. Yeah, but bro, that's that's an area that I, that I think that we could all improve on for sure. Understanding just the person, I was like, wait a minute, like they're twenty two and this is the first time, first time walking into a church experiencing Christ. Yeah, it's like let them get to know him a little bit. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, uh, and that that's what we got to keep in mind. Like I. I, I I remember when I was uh, younger, it was wild. I don't know, it was like, I was like four. This is like 1984, and I was with my grandmother, and we went to this funeral. Yeah. All right? And uh, and these people were coming to the casket or whatever, and it was women wearing pants. Okay. And I was like, and I was like four, I don't know. I was like, I pointed, I was like, Granny, look. I was like, she's wearing pants. And then she was like, I know, son. She put my hand down. I know, because I was pointing, because it was like weird to me. Yeah, yeah. Like that these women were wearing pants. And again, Everybody does their thing. They're in their own journey with the Lord. I don't want to make excuses or whatever, but I, I don't want to like people listen to this like he's talking about I'm wearing pants. How dare he? I, I mean, I, I'm let people do what they do. That's my big deal. Yeah. I mind my business. You know, I let people do what they do. They have their own situation. They got to work out with the Lord. But that gets to your point that we grew up like this, mm -hmm. essentially. So when we we know right from wrong in terms of the Lord and stuff like this, but if we have a culture now where people, they don't know Jesus, the true Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, there's this big, and again, I'm not, I was, 
and I'm used to like preferencing myself by saying because of like trigger warnings in college and stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to offend anybody, but I listen to this guy's name is Marcus Rogers. Uh, he's big on the internet or whatever. Okay. Uh, he's a preacher in uh, Chicago, young guy. But he was like, I don't care if you're Pentecostal, if you're Baptist, whatever, if you're this and that. If the word says if you believe in him, you can be saved, da da da. So, but. That's not necessarily the case. The Bible talks about you got to be baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. So he's kind of misleading the people there. But my point is, like, when you know the Lord, you know what the truth is. Right. Other people, they feel like that's their truth. We're living in a society where there is no particular truth or whatever. The truth is my truth. That part, And man. that's what I see in college yeah. or whatever. Like, this is what's one rampant in terms of basically, the like the Bible talks about, people have reprobate minds right now. Yeah. This is why we see all this. And, I, again, I don't want to – this is so, so big or whatever – it should be a blessing when we get young people, but people in general, but definitely young people, it should be a blessing when we get a young person say, okay, they come into the church, even if they're not fully clean like they need to be, that should be a blessing because what they're coming out of the world, that is a blessing in of itself. Right. 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 So for how dare us to like, you know, judge these people when they're just coming in and they're trying to get right with the Lord. When they come out of this world that is just like disgusting and terrible and backwards, what is considered good is considered bad. You got women, men sitting on the stage in dresses or whatever that are in our military and, you know, gender affirming care when really it's just like, hey, we're cutting off, you know, children's XYZs or whatever. So you're coming out of that, you going to the church and we're up here trying to judge them. No, that's not cool. Yeah. And I love what you said about about people being stuck on their own truth. And not and not seeking out the truth. Yeah, and um, that has a lot to do with with deception, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, the be, the beginning of sin began with deception. Yeah, for sure. Um, that I'm big into discernment. Right, okay. right, right, right. You have to have discernment because right now um, it is unbelievable how deception is playing out in society in the media and I mean in academia I mean and so in the church or whatnot in churches you know yeah. deception you got to know the Lord for yourself or not and if you're not studying the word and I'm not saying you got to be like some rabbi Bible scholar but at least know right. the the tenets of the Bible and you know being able to know what they kind of talk about I can't you know give you a the z in terms of the verse of the Bible but I know what truth is I know that 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 Bible's in my heart yeah and you know if it's something you know that the spirit is telling me, hey, this is wrong or whatever, that's not right, then I'm going to go with it. But people are so deceived, particularly with this whole social media or whatnot, you know, these algorithms that I've yeah. talked about before. Yeah, yeah. And it's easy to get deceived into like, well, hey, maybe um, I don't have to do such and such to be saved or whatever. Maybe, um, you know, what I'm thinking or what I'm doing, you know, is this something I need or whatever in my life in terms of going to church? I don't have to go to church. I can just go online or whatever. You know, stuff like this, like there's a lot of deception, bro. It's unbelievable how bad it is, and particularly with the young people, they're so brainwashed. And not saying everybody, obviously, this yeah, is yeah. you know, but we got to be careful because with artificial intelligence and AI yeah. and things, those yeah. deep fakes and things like this, you have to have discernment, and the Lord gives you that discernment, you know. So you have to stay close to Him to be able to to have that. Yeah, man. How? What is some of the ways that that you've been able to pick up on deception? Well, I mean, for me personally, uh, and then I'm going to talk about this from a scholarly aspect, from, sure. a, 
for me, I do my own research or whatever. I like to, you know, I don't believe everything I see on the news or whatever. Whatever I see on TV, like, I don't believe everything, and I do my own research. Like, right. um, you know, particularly during COVID or whatever, um, you know, you had articles from, like, CNN and others. It was like, how doing, don't do your own research. You know, how doing your own research is, is like, really? Like, you need to know, that's like mm. saying, don't read your Bible, just listen mm. to the pastor. Yeah. Know that the pastors are going to, you know, tell us what we need to know. You know, I'll pass your pastor. I'm sure they're not going to deceive us, but you still want to go and research. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you, you know, so for me, it's about looking at it for myself, not just relying on what somebody else is telling me. Right. I'm really big on that. So mm. I'm not just going to believe what somebody says. I'm going to go look it up for myself. What does the research say? Exactly. Because a lot of times research academically and bi biblically as well. A lot of times we think something is what it is, like, oh, there's a lot of crime, whatever, hypothetically. And then we go look at the data, that's not the case or whatever. Right, right, oh, right. there's a lot of white supremacy, it's, it's out of control. You go look at it and it may not be the case or things of this nature. So you have to like do the research for yourself so you can have that capability to discern what is right, what is wrong, and what's false and what's not. Yeah. Right? If you don't do that, then you're gonna be in the basket. We're a lazy society. Yeah. People don't want to do their own research. They just right. want to rely and do popcorn, uh, you know, church or whatever. Sheesh. And this, you know, whatever it is and that's it mm. so yeah you you can't establish a, the truth just by simply watching a 15 second reel <laughs> and a deception is everywhere bro deception yeah. is everywhere and what and what and what it comes out to be is it establishes a perception mm. deception will establish the perception because the way that the person is going to perceive that then that that's going to get implanted and embedded in their mind and in their heart and then follow a deception. Yeah. And I'll be seeing these. And again, I, I'll be on social media, you know, I, I like to, you know, X and stuff like this. And just everything that I'm doing for me is like fodder for my class. It's fodder yeah. for like my, my academic aspects. And even for, you know, preachings, I, I, I kind of put together, like, I like the, my big deal is to look at like real life situations. Yeah. Right. So you see some of these churches and some of these younger preachers, and I don't want to name any names, whatever. You probably can look it up online, but they're like having like these extravaganzas in church or whatever. And like, mm -hmm. uh, this is some of these black preachers, young black preachers. Yeah. And they're like flying through the sky and like, they're like, uh, rapping in the church and stuff yeah. in terms of like twerking. And I mean, it's like, what? yeah, it's fanatical. Like, uh, really? This is what you're doing. And we're trying to bring the young people in. And one of these super popular mega church young yeah, preachers yeah. or whatever some of the things that they're it, it's unbelievable like man why are you doing that but yeah it's yeah. deception people think it's cool you probably heard of the whole hill song thing how and i listen to hill song music i like their music but when you look right. at the church they're trying to be so like secular and things of this nature as we talked about before how do you mm -hmm. balance that the spiritual from the secular basically or the practical they're being so practical you know when you look at some of these churches particularly uh modernized mega churches that they lose out on the spiritual Right. So you have to protect, guard your heart, yeah. you know, because out of it flows the issues of life. That's what the word exactly. talks about. So um, that's what I'm about. I, I don't want to believe everything like I I consider myself a cynic. I'm sorry, dude. Like, OK, <laughs> now nah, you're good. I, I'm a cynic, man. Like I, I'm a black pill, basically. Like, I was like, all right, this is not good. Let me see what's going on. I'll wait and see if that's yeah, true yeah. or not. Yeah. I love the the fact that you said that because it is a very same thing. And I, I said I align with a lot of a lot of what you're saying <laughs> yeah. in, in your story, bro. I can relate to it because for a long time I've been I've been teaching that to to everybody that I talk to, uh, young people. Like if you you don't have to take this at face value, you don't anything that's coming from the pulpit from the stage, 
I don't care who it is. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to take it for face value and go and see for yourself. And I don't want you to follow the, 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 the Jesus that I'm preaching. Mm -hmm. I want you to follow the Jesus that, that you know. And I want you to know him for him for yourself. Mm -hmm. And eventually, once you get the revelation of really who he is, mm -hmm. you're going to see why I'm so passionate about this. Yeah. You're going to see why there's young people, there's preachers that preach with so much zeal. Yeah. You know, once you get to that point, I just want to give you an introduction. Mm -hmm. My experience, an introduction to who he is, and then turn around and go see for yourself. Go look at the word. Mm -hmm. And you'll be surprised how God will reveal the truth to people. And there's nothing more powerful. Once you've had the revelation of who he is on your own in a personal level, once you've had the revelation of what he can do and who he really is, his power, his, 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 uh, uh, his all around, his, his presence in your life, once you see him move, then there's no one that can come and take it from you. Jay, perfect. So... Bible talks about, you know, you got to work out your own salvation for yourself or whatever. You got to work out your own soul salvation. Yeah. And you got to look and see where the Lord has brought you personally. In 2013, I was sleeping on my truck. Um, I had a roommate house, whatever, but it was full of roaches and I had to move. It was a lot of things. I was going through some things financially. I wasn't married. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't, didn't have any kids. Trying to get my career jump started. Um, I was doing some part-time teaching stuff, but I always had a goal. I was like, man, I want to be a full-time professor, you know, but it took time. So I was doing some part-time stuff and you know, I had to move out of my apartment. So I ended up moving into a rooming house, not too far from here, actually, and where we're located in terms of this, you know, this podcast. I, I was sleeping on my truck and, you know, I was still going to church, still playing drums and everything like this. I was, you know, I would go shower at the gym if I had to. But I was like, man, why am I I'm thinking like, why am I going through this? But something inside me is like, man, you need to, oh, why are you going to church, dude? You living in a in your truck or whatever, right? Mm. Fast forward two years later, and I finally get my, I was working three jobs, right? I was working at Starbucks at night. I was throwing papers for Houston Chronicle at night, and I would teach like a couple classes during the day at uh, Lone Star College. Okay. So I was working three jobs. So I finally ended up getting an interview for the New York job at Genesee Community College, and that was like when my, you know, career took off. Meanwhile, and this is just basic stuff, bro. Yeah. Like how I am right here. And meanwhile, my wife, I had asked my wife at the uh, girlfriend at the time to marry me i didn't have a job like full-time job i didn't know i was gonna do it i just knew that it was the right thing to do i was like hey man you know i need to get married i knew that was the right thing to do right so i asked her to marry me and next thing i know like i end up getting an interview and i end up moving to new york or whatever and that just like jump started my career like mm -hmm. after i got that full-time gig and i've been full-time professor ever since i've had opportunities to go lecture different places like just the floodgates open but it was those times basically um in the deep end, if you will, at night or whatever, with the Lord, like, man, yeah. this is where I am, man. Yeah. You know, I had to learn for myself. You know, the, that's why I can look back and be like, man, look where the Lord has brought me or whatever. Yeah. But I got to learn that for myself. Nobody can tell me that. Bro, you, you call it basic, and that's amazing <laughs> to me. That's basic, not basic. Uh, you were living in your truck. Well, <laughs> I had gotten some financial issues or whatever because, yeah. look, I've been, I left college, I left home, uh, high school when I was like 19 and I'm in Dallas, I've never been back. I stayed, yeah. so it's not easy like living by yourself and stuff like this, trying to take care of bills and everything I not, yeah. I, and I was yeah, juggling, yeah. I was going to school, just different things. So, yeah, I mean, I had some financial issues. I had to move out of my apartment. So, and I had to just, it was struggle. It was, dude, I was broke. I was, it was bad. Bro. Right, it was bad. We have to go into process. Yeah. We have to go into process. 
because you knew you knew the word this entire time. You knew the power of God the the entire time, and here you are, you're living in your truck, yeah, and 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 pushing yourself through life. Three jobs, yeah. Going or striving to go to school, you were already in school. I had so I had a math. I got my math. I got my bachelor's in two thousand four. My master's in two thousand six. I went. I was in school for seven years straight at one point, but uh, I ended up going back to school to get my PhD. For this is my second time doing this, but trying it. But I was out of school, but I was I was trying to work towards getting a full time professor job. It ain't like you can just put an application and say, okay, hire you. Like oh. it takes time or whatever. It's like you know. People got to retire. They got to, it got to be perfect timing as far as like, you know, and I've had interviews for full-time positions during all that stretch, but it wasn't my time yet. You know, yeah. it wasn't my time yet, but I was already out of school. I was just uh, working my way towards in academia, essentially. Bro, do you, do you realize how many people would have just gave up in that situation? Probably, I would probably, but here's the thing, Jay, like my deal is I, w- I play sports from fifth grade, when I moved to Texas, like yeah. I was in the sports, like extracurricular. And what sports has taught me is how to persevere, how to, yeah. you know, go yeah. through adversity and things of this nature. It's not just about a game, particularly football. It's not just a game, right? Uh, how to, you know, go through those hard times, obviously with the Lord as well. So a lot of things were meshed together as far as like just my life experience that kind of got me to this point now and still helping me to this point in terms of situations I'm dealing with now. Right. But it's way better than it was before. But we always going to have challenges moving forward for sure. Bro, that's fire, man. And that's exactly why I'm doing this podcast, <laughs> because there is testimony and things about people that are not always going to get shared from the pulpit. Yeah. And it's not always going to get shared. You come across somebody at, at, at church, you come across somebody at a conference. This is not a conversation right. that you just normally have right. like on a daily basis. But whenever you get to share with people, bro, you're blessing my life right now. Oh, man, I'm no, so man. inspired and motivated by by your story. The fact that where you came, and now I understand struggle. Yeah. I can't say that I struggled the way you did because I didn't. Right. But I know struggle and I know what it is. I, I know what it's like to to have two, three jobs at one time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can we can align on that part. But, bro, the process that you went through in your life and, and how you ended up here, you where did you develop that grit? And, and, and you mentioned sports, and I love that you did yeah. because I also relate to that. I remember going back to middle school to high school, that's what kept me off the street. Yeah, for sure. And this, this that's something that a lot of people probably don't know about me. I, I grew up in, in C.E. King, Tedwell and C.E. King. That's where I went to middle school. And, and um, Oh, C.E. King, I've heard of him before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, t- uh, that's where I went to middle school and, and, uh, and high school. So drugs, bro, accessible. Yeah. Gangs, accessible. Mm-hmm. All of my friends were, were affiliated in some kind of way, you know, low-key, and um, involved with drugs. Yeah. Anything that I that I wanted was accessible. Yeah. And, and then growing up with uh, a, a single mom with three sisters, bro, like who was going to look after me? Yeah. I could have yeah. done anything, but I, I chose to follow this path for a lot of reasons. So going back to the sports thing, yeah. um, the discipline and the and the, um, the guidance that you learn from that, the determination that you learn in that, that's that's where I got it from. But bro, the the grit. And and um, and the decision to to say no, nah, I'm gonna stick to my path. Yeah. Well, I mean, sports was was a big deal for me. So, um, like I said, when I moved from Texas, moved to Texas from Indy, 
I remember, and I, I moved from the city of Indianapolis, Indiana, in the city, and then I moved to like the suburbs, mm. like in Texas. It was like a huge culture shock for me. Yeah. You know, I was very homesick. But then I ended up uh, seeing like peewee football or like yeah. you know, Pop Warner football. I was like, man, I want to do that. My grandmother, Lord, th- thank God, she allowed me to go out there and play. So from fifth grade all the way to, you know, like my sophomore year, junior in college, I was playing sp- football. Um, so same thing as you, man, you know, kept me busy, kept me, particularly in high school, whatever, when I'm with peers and stuff, kept me off the streets. Not to say that I was a terrible student or anything, because they really emphasized my grandmother, aunt. And this is just, you know, more transparency. My my grandmother and her sister, which is my great aunt, she's still alive. She's in the Lord now. She's, you know, saved. Thank God she always was. She was a Baptist before. But they emphasize education really big because they come from a era where they pick cotton and stuff like this, you know, very, you know, segregation and stuff like that. Um, So they are really big and like, Hey, you're a black male. You need to go get education or whatever, you know? So I was, I always like cherished education. was a big thing. Obviously my grandmother said, Hey, you know, you want to make sure you get saved and stuff like that, the spiritual aspect, but she also pushed education. Right. So that was the really big thing for me. Like, Hey, go to college, et cetera. So when I was in high school, middle school, I was like, man, you know, I want to go, I can do this, man. I want to get a scholarship to play football in college. You know, I want to, I can do this, whatever. I was good enough in high school. I, now I wasn't, I was probably like a three star out of five. I wasn't like, <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't going to go pro or anything. What position you play? I played strong safety. In, okay. in, in high school, I played. Uh, Come on, defense. Yeah, I was defense. Outside linebacker, you know, but in college, you know, safety. But yeah, I was defense, man. Okay. Um, but that really kind of keep me grounded because, you know, I wanted to make sure my grades were good. Yeah. You know, I wanted to make sure I stayed out of trouble so I can play. I wanted to be there for my teammates and stuff like this. Right. You know, uh, we were very good. I mean, I was in, in high school my junior and senior year. So, you know, going we lost to uh, State, uh, like two games from State in my high, my senior year to Cedric Benson and Eric Winston. These guys played pro or whatever, right? It, Cedric Benson, you know, he went to UT. He passed away like some years ago in a motorcycle accident. But... Mm. So, I mean, I was really in tune. That was my deal. It was sports, obviously, but I still went to church. I still did all that yeah, and yeah. everything like that. But, yeah, that, that it took grit, you know, to overcome adversity, right? If you can't overcome adversity, then you're not going to be a good Christian, frankly. I mean, because you're, yeah. you know, Jesus, you don't think Jesus went through adversity? Come on. You don't think he yeah. had grit? So, yeah. but sports is, and that's why I like sports now. Obviously, that shouldn't overshadow your work with the Lord, but sports is a big deal to me because I don't want to say it saved my life, but it was a big part of me adjusting here in Texas from Indiana and stuff. It was a really big part of like my molding as a young person. Um, so I played basketball in high school, track. I played a little bit of soccer. Um, but so that was a big part of me growing up in my journey. Man, I love that. Um there, there's there's a lot that I still remember from the leadership that the coaches provided. And now that my boys are getting into an age where they're asking questions about sports now, mm. you know, hey, uh, what about soccer? What about baseball? What about football? Now, my my first preference yeah. is going to be football. It's <laughs> yeah. just something about it that, yeah. I mean, that's that's my thing. But I'm not going to press it on them. Right. I'm not going to press it on them. Like, hey, look, like you want to do soccer? I'm not a big soccer fan, but... Oh, you know, you don't like soccer? You're not I, a big I, soccer fan? I'm not, look... I watch it when whenever it's like the, the big events, you yeah. know, the, the Gold Cup, big tournaments and things like okay. that, and, and the family comes over. Yeah, we could watch okay, it. Yeah. I, I, it's cool. But follow it as a fan to have a team, nah. Oh, that's, that's not that's me. Good. Okay, yeah, that's but, good. So, but my kids love it. They 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 love playing it. So, like, if, if that's what they want to do, that's fine. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. I'm not gonna uh, pull them away from that. But there's so much that 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 you can learn with perseverance, determination, the grit, the the, the tenacity to just 
not willing the the willingness to not quit. Yeah, for sure. So all of those attributes and characteristics, bro, how has that transferred over into your walk with God now? Like I said, man, I mean, it's just something that I kind of look at, particularly when I'm going through things or whatnot. Do I want to give up? Uh, we always want to give up in some aspects. I right. would think just whatever your situation is, but you got to kind of look at the Lord. Like he didn't give up. You know, he didn't. I mean, he's dying on the cross. Obviously, he rose three days later, but he's he's a, he was a real man. Yeah, he Jesus was alive. He was alive. Yeah. He was a real person. So. Yeah. People in the world think, oh, that's just a fantasy and Ben Shapiro. And again, I'm not trying to call people out. I'm trying to give people context. I'm trying to put people on things. That I they, love it. Right? It's good. Yeah. Ben yeah. Shapiro, he's like this big time conservative uh, podcast guy. He's Jewish or whatnot. And he went on Joe Rogan uh, show like, I don't know, some months back. And then Joe Rogan asked him, hey, what do you think about Jesus Christ? Or do you think Jesus Christ, I'm kind of paraphrasing, do you think Jesus Christ was a real person? And Ben Shapiro, he was like, oh yeah, I think he was a real person. He was just some prophet. I'm paraphrasing. He was just some prophet that just basically, uh, you know, went against the Roman uh, Empire and he just got what he deserved essentially. Right? But, you know, do we believe that he rose or whatever? We believe in all? No, we don't believe. Like, he was like, oh. And it's like, are you serious? Oh. So, I don't know how I got to that, but, um, what was your question? The grit thing. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, Jesus is a real person. Yeah. Right? He rose, you know, he, so if he can do that, look at it. We look at our lives compared to like some of the, you got to put your life in perspective, right? Is it really that bad? And just to be honest with you, like, yeah, I got a, a, a daughter, you know, now and, I kind of dread going to bed because I know she's going to cry at night and I'm not going to sleep or whatever, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, I got to fight this battle or whatever, but is it really that bad? You know, well, my, my wife was in the hospital like a last week or whatever. She gave birth or whatever, and then she went back in the hospital. It was, a, you know, it was high blood pressure and stuff. It was, it was scary. The ambulance yeah, came, yeah. and she was in there for like three or four days in the hospital uh, trying to get better. And I was like, man, you know, Lord, you know, just give me a reset, and I won't complain at night when my daughter's crying and I'm not able to sleep. Just give me that reset. Mm -hmm. And he gave me that reset, and I'm still complaining a little bit, but I try to control it, but... You just got to understand what is the perspective. Our life is not that bad. Right. Um, you know, so we got to keep pushing. You, you got to keep pushing, man. And now particularly is the time to push harder because if you look around and see what's going on globally and just like economically, yeah. um, even in the church, I mean, you got to know that the Lord is soon to come. And they've been saying that since we were kids, I'm sure. But this is the time to really start pushing through, really starting to like focus into what the Lord is trying to do for you and, uh, you know, for his people. Yeah. Yeah, man. So that that's one of the, the biggest things, man, the perseverance and then the people wanting to give up. It, it truly breaks my heart to see people say, you know what, I, I came up to this point and I just don't want to do it no more. Like God didn't come through for me or I, I didn't see the I didn't get the answer that 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 I expected. I didn't get the answer of the miracle that I've been that I've been waiting on. And this is as far as I come. I mean, but what is that, though, Jay? I mean, that's everybody got a different story. Like we said, everybody got a different journey, but it, it kind of pains me to see, and this happens at all churches. Yeah. Young and old people just, particularly after COVID people stop coming to church and for whatever reason, and they make excuses or whatever, but I see young people and they just stop coming, you know, but they can go here, they can go there. And what if you got kids or whatever, right? That's not fair that you're not allowing your kids to experience that opportunity with the Lord. Um, and again, I don't know what people got going, but I've known people where they just stopped going to church and it's like nonchalant. And when I first got to certain places, there were the ones, there were the leaders or whatever. And yeah. I'm sitting in the back. Now I'm up there right? Yeah. and they're not yeah. there. So I was yeah. like, dude, but my professor, 
when I went to college, one of the things that sticks with me, and I kind of bring this over into the church thought process, he said, hey, we was in, I was a student, he was like, hey, you know, what you're doing now, you're not doing this for yourself, just for yourself, but you're doing this for your kids as well. Talk about getting your education. So for me, the same thing is in church. You know, me going to church is not just for me, it's to provide my children an opportunity to know the Lord as well. Yeah, you yeah. know, last night we went to that minister's conference, which was, was awesome, it was in Pearland, uh, and my wife kind of pushed it or whatever because she was like, hey, they got kids' church. Right. So my daughter was able to go to kids church and, you know, that was a, yeah, another yeah. reason to go as well. So, you know, we're not just doing this for us or whatever. Right. Yeah. We're doing this for our offspring or whatever. We're doing this to provide them with an opportunity so they can know the Lord as well. Mm. We would we would be irresponsible, you know, and frankly, I got two girls. Yeah. Right. What I look like not taking my girls to church or whatever, you know. I need to give them a chance to know the Lord because I don't want them to be out there on the stripper pole. And mm. I'm a <laughs> John, Jay, I'm gonna be 100, right? My goal is if I can keep my daughters from being off the stripper pole, out of pornography films, not getting pregnant before marriage, right? Um, I, I don't want to get pregnant before marriage. Um, if I can keep that, you know, from that, and then I feel like, man, I did a good job. Those are my thought processes. So I got yeah, girls. Yeah. I have to make sure they get a chance to be in church. I got to make sure that they know the Lord, you know. And whatever you do after that, when you get older, that's on you. But at least I, you know, gave you that example at home or whatever. Gave you that example, sending you to church, you know, to know the truth, you know. So that's my thought process, you know. Man, I love that, bro. And, and that's and that's very real. And that's what I love about you. Ever since I met you, <laughs> man, you were like just so straightforward, very humble uh, and very real. And, and you, you tell it like it is. And I love that. And I think we need more of that. And none of that, like, just superficial, you oh, know, man. type of stuff. And then just very open, very honest, transparent. And, and, man, that reaches people. And it just simply just, like, hey, that's what it is. Yeah, it, I mean, it's the truth, man. So that's a, this how they are in, in academia. Yeah. Dude, you go to academia, you know, and, again, whatever people do, I mean, they got their Alliance Pride, you know, um, groups and everything like that. Um, you know, they got all these different groups or whatever. And they can talk freely. They can, you know, et cetera. But we in a church and we're like, oh, we can't talk about that. Like, right, right, right. Hey, preacher, don't talk about that. You yeah, know, yeah. why are you talking about that? You yeah. know, it's like, no. Nah, and that's what I love about Pastor Brennan. I'm going to give shouts out to him. Yeah. I've heard yeah, other preachers absolutely. as well. He keeps it 100. Like, hey, this is what it is, you know. And it's as simple as that. If you want real truth, then why are you editing the pastor? Yeah. You know, especially yeah. if he's biblical, just right. any pastor, they're biblical, they're writing the Bible. Why? And that's the problem we have now. Everybody's feelings hurt. People got, you know, issues as far as like, oh, you offended me and stuff like this. And I don't want to go to church anymore because so-and-so didn't shake my hand and mm. they looked at me funny. Like, dude, mm. that's kitty stuff, bro. Petty. That's just little stuff. You ain't trying to be saved in the first place. Now I'm up here and they're like, don't invite that dude on no more, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. One of, the, one of the things that you mentioned that is really resonating and just kind of pounding in my heart right now, the, the, the fact that you said they have to know the Lord. There, this, this goes all the way back to the book of Judges, brother, mm. the, the people of Israel. Mm. Once, they, once they entered into Canaan, in, once they enter the promised land, the Bible says that there was a generation that did not know God. They did not know who it was. So what does that tell you about their ancestors? Mm -hmm. They weren't teaching it. Right. They weren't showing it. They weren't walking it. They weren't They weren't doing it. They were scared to go into Canaan. If I'm not, they were scared. Exactly. They, they were scared or whatever. So Exactly. Um, you, you can't be scared. Um, yeah, you can't have that fear and, you you know, the spirit of fear. Yeah, they, they were scared. Or what does that tell you? Yeah. The elders, like, you're not telling your kids, you know, certain things about the Lord. Now, to be honest with you, I think in my mind, I'm slacking, you know, in terms of my 
uh, example with my children, even though I know that I'm doing, you know, more than others, but my grandmother, I would see her pray consistently, bro. Like, I'm like, oh, she's in there praying. Like, I need my... I need to. I remember getting on a, my grandma. She was all right. Let's go pray at night. This is in Indianapolis. Me and her in the city in this apartment. And she was like, all right, let's pray. I don't know. I was like four or whatever. And I never forget. She was like, all right, we're doing our bedtime prayer. And for some reason, I started laughing. She slapped me upside the head. She was like, don't you play with God or whatever. I was like, wow. Mm. So that kind of resonated with me. Like, man, this is not a game. And when my daughter's in church, she's an interject. She's like six. She kind of plays with her. But like, hey, this ain't this ain't time for playtime. Yeah. You know? You know, you can have fun or whatever, but this ain't, you know, this ain't time to be playing and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Now, the the, the fact that, that you're that you're centered on them knowing Christ, and, and this is where I'm at with, with it. Right? I have two boys, mm-hmm. and I know that they're, they're walking into the teenage mm-hmm. years, and I want my voice to be in their head and in their heart. Me and my wife, we want their, our voice to, to be in them, and up until the point where God is going to step in, and then where they're making decisions, that happens whenever they're making their own decisions now. So they're going to they're gonna feel the Holy Spirit. And I pray that they, they feel the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit in their heart before they make a decision. So as they grow older, they're going to hear my voice less and less. Mm. And they're going to hear the world a little louder. Wow. And that's normal. And a lot of people are afraid of that. And I didn't know we were going to get into parenting a little bit. But... I have my oldest is 11 and my youngest is fixing to turn eight, seven, eight. So where I, and it's important to me and I don't have girls, bro. You got a whole nother challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to be praying for I, you. I wanted girls. I, I, I was like, man, I, I'm, I'm glad we, I wanted girls. I didn't want boys because I know how hard I could be on them. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother challenge. And like I said, I'm going to be praying for you. Yeah. And, and at the same time, I understand and I know that they're going to hear my voice less and they're going to hear their friends a little more as they grow older. So in those moments, the only thing that I can do now is to establish the foundation and plant the seed and let them know who God is. Mm-hmm. And at some point, they're going to have to do it for themselves. Yeah. And I have to let that happen. I have to let that go. I'm not going to, I'm not, I can't force them once they get to a certain mm-hmm. age. I can't force them to say, this is what you have to do. As long as you're under my roof, like, no, no, like God is, we serve a God that's graceful. Mm -hmm. God doesn't force us. And I want him to understand and I want them to know God for themselves. And I know that the influences are going to increase and our voice is going to increase. And that's where my faith, Mm -hmm. our faith as parents has to step in and say, I believe and I know that the Holy Spirit voice is going to be even louder than the world's voice. I uh, pray and hope that's the the circumstances. That's why you got to allow your kids to, you know, experience God at a young age. You yeah. know, um, and that, that's what I try. That's what me and my wife try to do. But, you know, I just have faith that the Lord's going to fix the situation. You know, my daughter, she's pretty smart and she knows right. They all know right from wrong. Right. Um, and my, my grandmother and my aunt, her sister, who's still alive today, um, they allow me to do what I do or whatever. Maybe because I'm a guy, of course, but I they, I was pretty flexible. Hey, just at the time, it was no cell phones, like text messages. So if I was going to go out with a friend, I would just write, hey, I'm out with such and such on the notepad and they know where I'm at or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. So they were cool with that. And sometimes I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing, you know, but they allow me that grace or whatever. And kind of like what you were saying, I'm sure my grandmother, she would pray. I remember uh, one New Year's Eve, whatever. I can't remember because, you know, church, they would have New Year's Eve service or whatever. And uh, I was a teenager. I had to be like 16, 17 at this point. And my, I brought two of my friends with me, three of my friends with me to that service, but we was going to go leave or whatever to go 
hang out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, well, if you can do that, but just why don't y'all just come to church for a little bit? She wasn't telling me, you got to come to church. She's like, so when we was about to leave, one of the brothers and my aunt, grandma, they stepped out and they prayed for us before we left. Um, this is New Year's Eve, dude. Man. You know how dangerous that's yeah, So yeah, yeah. I could see the worry in her eye and thinking back now, she was worried, but she wasn't going to say, oh, you can't go. Right? She just left it in the hands of the Lord and I can kind of anticipate me doing the same thing. And I do that now. My daughter's in school. She's in kindergarten. So I kind of do the same thing, kind of leave it in the hands of the Lord. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, better make the right decision. She know right from wrong. And But, you know, she got to learn me, you, everybody got to learn, you know, the Lord for themselves, man. Yeah. I kind of want to go back and circle yep. back a little bit at your experience in academia. Yeah, for sure. And you've been exposed to a lot of different people. Obviously, you, you have uh, the background of the truth. You have your foundation. And then you also get to see the perspective and the views of different people. You get to see agnostics. Yeah. You get to see atheists. <laughs> you get to see uh, everything in between. I mean, you're, you're, you're teaching young people, hyphen. You got all kinds of ages in your classes. Yep. And you said that you also speak to um, prisoners. For sure. So that's a wide range, man. That's a wide range, and I'm just very intrigued by some of the some of the questions mm-hmm. that that you have to answer, or some of the questions that you're faced with. What does that look like? Well, one of the main things right now in academia is the whole transgender LGBT issue, or whatever. That that's like the the and these the two major issues that I kind of have to not tiptoe around, but really have to like focus in on when I'm talking about LGBT issues and the whole medical apparatus COVID aspect, right? right. So the, the L, some of the, I don't get necessary questions or whatever, but how I approach the aspect, like just to, for instance, just to say that, hey, there's two sexes, all right? Now I'm gonna be a little technical here, right? Yeah, yeah. Just to say now, People say, oh, there's only two genders. That's not necessarily true. There's two sexes, right? Male okay. and female. But gender is socially constructed. Now, this is academics of gender is socially constructed. Hey, you kind of act like female. You kind of act like male. So, like, for instance, gender. Men are supposed to, like, mow the yard and women are supposed to wash dishes. But I can, my wife can mow the yard. I can wash dishes, right? Right. So, but there are only two sexes, male and female. That's it, right? Yeah. But in some aspects, some people say that's not true. We know biblically there was Adam and there was Eve, period. Right. But in academia, that would be considered not true. That's where we get to the postmodernity, the postmodernism in terms of what is really truth. How do you define what truth is? Now, these are some of the aspects that I have to go through as a professor. I have to kind of like expound it. So if I say, hey, there's only two sexes, I have to bring out the academic articles and say, hey, look, this is what they're saying about X, Y, Z. Not, this is not my opinion. So I'm really big into like bringing out actual research from scholars and things that are backing up what I'm saying. And even at that time, people don't want to believe that because they're so entrapped in their minds. Like, hey, there's more than one sex or whatever. And I'm just going to say what people used to say. There's more than one gender or whatever. Like, hey, male and female, period. Mm. You know, men and women are different. You know, God made, I don't say God made them away, but I'm like, hey, that's how they were born. It's, it's kind of like a fight or whatever. Mm. Then we talk about, you know, the whole medical apparatus and things like gender affirming care. And again, this stuff is so controversial that it shouldn't be, but it is. But yeah, yeah. in academia, it is because you're dealing with people that don't believe in God. You know, I have friends that I went to college with um, in graduate school and they're like big time professors or whatever. But, you know, one of them, he's a good guy. He, 
he's an atheist, but he's you know, but he's a good guy. He is one of my references, like in terms of like when I get on a jobs, they call him whatever, like one of your references, you know. Yeah. He's an atheist. He don't believe in God. He doesn't yeah. believe in, you know, those things, but he's like academic, PhD. Some of the, put it like this, some of the smartest, even the Bible talks about this, some of the smartest people with all these degrees are the dumbest people. Mm. Right. So, you know, you think you are wise, but you're really not, or whatever. Right. Not to mean that you're a bad person, but that's just a fact. In academia, you have all these eggheads, all these people, they think they're so smart or whatever, but they know nothing because they don't know God or whatever. Right. And me as a professor, I try to go in there and try to look at my big deal is even if I disagree with what you're saying, I can try to understand in the classroom. I'm not going to, you know, say, oh, you're a bad person because you believe this or you're a bad person because you believe that. No, we all have a collective uh, aspect to kind of agree to disagree and that's the issue generally speaking with society writ large is like hey if I don't believe you then you're a terrible person it shouldn't be like that even in the church even though we know that you know being baptized in Jesus name is the thing or whatever you may have a different perspective on certain aspects that it may not be a sin or whatever you for instance again I know this hey um I'm just using off the top of my dome some people say hey you shouldn't watch tv right 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 other people say, hey, that's not a sin. You can't watch TV. It just depends on what you're watching. Like, that may be an issue in the church or whatever. But yeah. are you a bad person because you watch TV and I have a TV in my house, hypothetically? Not necessarily. So those are some yeah. of the issues I, I, in class. My deal is to try to make sure that everybody, you know, kind of has their voices heard. All right? Um, and it's been working out such in a good way. I'll tell you this, and I'll finish. No, no, you're good. You're good, bro. So I, before I was at GCC or... Alvin, and everything that I'm saying now doesn't represent the college, whatever. This is my own personal views right. on this podcast, all right? But I was at a particular college, uh, you know, a few years back, and the dean was gay, which is, that's his business. But it, you, they come and they observe you in the classroom. You know, it's part of it. You get evaluated yeah. and stuff. When I was in there, I was talking about basically homosexuality and how it was a political process that it got taken out of the DSM, the diagnostic statistic manual and, you know, these different things. And he was offended. So they tried to fire me through process. Like, you know, they put you in a PIP, a performance enhancement plan. And, you know, look at what you're showing. This is propaganda. And, you know, they were super liberal. They were leftists. Wow. But they were trying to fire me through process as far as like putting me on these plans or whatever. Hey, if you don't follow this or whatever, you don't do X, Y, Z, then you could be terminated. So I quit. Because yeah. you're not about to censor what I say in the classroom when you have other liberal professors. They're talking whatever they want to talk about. But you come to my class and you say, oh, you can't say this and that or da-da-da. Yeah, yeah. So it's a game for sure. This is why I love where I'm at now because they really – and I learned from that process to kind of protect myself more with, like, literature and things. But it, it it's it, – and I love what I do. Don't get me wrong. But it, it's a game – in terms that's being played that you have to play in terms of to protect yourself and to keep your integrity essentially. Cause I'm not going to like, you know, lose my integrity just so I can keep a job and just so I can be say, Oh, I'm a professor. No, I keep my integrity, but I also, you know, expound and help students. Cause students, I've had students write me letters after class and, you know, they give you like chocks or whatever. Like you're a great professor. And they say this on evaluations, you're different. Thank you so much. You know, and I'm not pumping myself up. There is a way to reach people without being a Bible thumper, right? People know that I'm different and they know that, yeah. um, you know, yeah, you know, there's ways to reach people. And that's what I try to do. Oh, man, I love that. I love that because that just goes back to being so real and being being a, a real person, you know, being uh, somebody that understands do you ever feel challenged by, I mean, obviously that was, that was a huge challenge, but that came from the Dean. Yeah. And, and then being in, you have, you have no idea how many people would have just walked out and <laughs> said, you know what? Like, if you want to fire me, that's fine. Yeah. Fire me and go ahead. 
and 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 you stuck it through. You fought through that, and 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 here you are, man. Um, a lot of people would have said, "Well, that's fine. I I, I don't need to be here. I right. could walk away, and 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 then I'll be just fine." You know, but but you stuck through that, and in being in that in that um, in that middle ground, um, you know, do you ever feel challenged by like the students and some of the um, point of views? You, yeah. So again, everybody's welcome. You know, and we we have a, a learning environment that's important. Uh, and I respect that we have a mission and everything like that. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what your perspective is. You're welcome in my class. Everybody's, you know, have their own different perspectives, right? I've had trans students in my class or whatnot, um, and we've got along just fine. Uh, and, uh, you know, but you got to look at both sides. That's my big deal. You know, I look at both sides. Now, obviously, as an academic, you know, my job is to go in there and look at all sides and, like, kind of look at all perspectives, right? Because that's secular. Now, when I go to church, there's only one side, and that's Jesus, right? right, right. There's only there's one truth. But in academia, I look at everybody's perspective, and I think that's what my students respect about me the most is that I'm not in there kicking an agenda. You know, if you look in the news, you see, like, what's going on at Harvard, you know, these Ivy Leagues and what's going around with uh, these colleges around the country, they're pushing, like, this liberal agenda, all right? And, you know, a lot of people around the country, they're upset about this, whatever. That's why you see a lot of, like, backlash or whatever in terms of this liberalism and, you know, what you, lack of term, quote-unquote, the wokeness, if you will, that type right, of aspect. Right, 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 right. So my deal is I kind of like make sure that everybody's heard so there there won't be any necessarily challenges. A lot of times the challenges come from the the executives, the higher-ups, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. the administrators. But I haven't had to face that where I'm at now because it's more of a, a biblical worldview, to be honest with you, as far as like the leadership in a sense. Uh, one of my colleagues, and again, you know, <laughs> they were, you know, homosexual, whatever. And after that whole it was a bill that came, I can't remember or whatever, but they were upset. Oh, the whole DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that Governor Average signed down or whatever, and that's been backlash around the country or whatever. They were upset because our administration essentially, and don't buy know what I'm talking about, so <laughs> like, man, look, you talking about the podcast. But they were upset about it. They don't work there anymore, right? Okay. Because I guess they wanted more of the administration say, hey, this is wrong or whatever, but they're more like inclined to like kind of we have a biblical worldview administration. That's how I look at it, which I'm a, I'm a preacher of God. God got me here for a reason. But my challenges usually come from like the higher ups in the past and not necessarily the students per se. Now my students at the, at the prison, that's totally different. I did have a student this past a uh, couple summers ago um, talking about this whole homosexuality, LGBT issue. They wrote a very lengthy letter to one of my bosses. She's really cool. She wasn't even tripping. He's a bigot and this and that. And he talks about how, you know, the LGBT people, da, da, da. And I'm like, okay. Wow. And he was repeating just lies or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right, trying to get me in trouble, but I'm not getting in trouble because I'm looking at everybody's perspective. Right, right, right. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And she knows it was ridiculous. But I do face challenges like that. That's why I say right now in academia, right, the biggest thing that, you know, academics are facing is the LGBT issue, all right, the DEI, which really confirms is that whole intermix, yeah. and the whole medical apparatus with the whole COVID situation and things of that nature. So those right. are the big issues, LGBT issues. Uh, <laughs> that's really big. Bro, I want to say this, man, and this is this is huge because a lot of people, like I said, a lot of people would have stepped out of that scene. Yeah. Uh, a lot of spiritual people yeah. would have stepped out of, of that area but the fact that your presence is there with the truth is is huge 
and it keeps the door open. Yeah. It keeps the door open for others to to get to know Christ and get to know the truth and they have an option. Imagine if you were not no longer there. Mm-hmm. If you said that's fine, y'all want to fire me, yeah. go ahead, I'll, I'll quit or at at some point it's like, well, you know what? I'm going to do something else. I'm yeah. going to pursue uh for example, full-time ministry, yeah. which is still an option and there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is that God will use key people yeah. and has blessed you with a certain grace and favor to be able to step in boldly into that area there, to be able to uh, keep a door open mm-hmm. and keep a door closed for the enemy. Yeah. As long as God's door is open, that, that door for the enemy is closed because you are literally there taking darts, bro, daily. <laughs> yeah. Taking darts. It's crazy because uh, when I first graduated high school, right before, I wanted to be a police officer, right? I wanted to okay. be a police detective. That was my, so when I- my, You would have been an intimidating police <laughs> officer. <bro. laughs> Maybe. I, I don't know. I, you know, I was like, I, I did want to go in law enforcement, man. Yeah. But um, got to college and kind of started experiencing some different things. And then I graduated in 2004, my bachelor's, and then I went back to get my master's in sociology. And then that's when I kind of like, after I got my master's, I kind of fell into the teaching college thing. Okay. Somebody was like, oh, HCC, Houston Community College looking for, you know, adjunct. That means part-time, you know, you're just, yeah, sure. And as soon as I walked in, I was like, man, this is what I, this is awesome. <clears throat> so I kind of fell into teaching. And even moving forward, every, every time I try to fill up, you know, go to that route to apply for a police officer, <clears throat> it never always, it never went through. I always got, I always fell back into academia. Yeah. So the Lord knows everything because it's probably good now because you look at the whole police issue or whatever and particularly after the whole George Floyd, all the BLM stuff, police, bro, yeah. law enforcement, they hate police officers now. Bro. So I could have been, who knows? So Lord yeah. knows where to put you. Um, and I'm totally fine with, you know, being in academia. I think it's, I love, I honestly, I don't look at it like a job. It's fun. That's cool. My job is to learn stuff and, you know, be curious, research and go talk about it. Man. And I always look at myself as like, I'm not a preacher. I look at myself as a teacher, the five-fold ministry. I'm a teacher, right? <clears throat> so you saw me at the conference. <clears throat> excuse me. I was looking at myself as teaching. I just go up there and talk. <laughs> like, I don't scream and yell per se. I just kind of teach or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how I kind of look perceive myself. So if you ever see me, like, quote-unquote preaching, in my mind, Jay, I'm up there teaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I align with that as well. Yeah, I'm. I'm not that kind and of. And I heard you preach, bro. You chill too. Like I've heard, I've heard you preach, dude. Naturally, I'm a teacher, bro. Yeah, like that's that's where I come from. I want people to walk out, um, with 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 something to think about. I want them to walk out with that challenge. And and this year, bro, like every year, I'm, I'm gonna come back to this this academia yeah, thing here in yeah. a second. But um, every year, I, I don't I don't do resolutions. Mm. I don't do resolutions. And I'm not going to get into the uh, of, of of why, but they, they don't work. Right. That's what I'm going to say. They right. they don't work. Uh, whenever you truly make a decision to finally change something in your life, then you have the opportunity to do it. So what I do is I have like maybe sometimes it's one word for the year. Sometimes mm. it's two or sometimes it's three. Uh, and what I, what I do is I, I try to dig in deep to try to find areas in my character, areas in my walk with God, areas as a man that I need to improve. And and I'll and I'll and I'll pray about it. Uh, I'll seek God about it. It's like God, what is it that? Where do I need improvements on? Because it's easy to focus on the things that you're good at. Yeah. It's easy to focus on the things that that you're naturally just doing well and 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 you're good. But the areas that you need to improve and learn and grow in, then that's where I try to focus. 
And this year, I'm doubling down on communication. That's one of my words, uh, communication. And when I communicate to people from from a perspective of, of the pulpit, bro, it I want people to walk out with a clear view of not only just a, um, a heart mixed with emotions mm-hmm. or your emotions all ramped up yeah. and you walk out, what did the preacher talk about? Right, I, right. Don't, I don't know. <laughs> You know, and, and to each their own. But from my point of view, I feel like we have the responsibility of having people really understanding what you're saying and walking out and say, man, you know what? I want to change my life. I want to implement that in my life and inspired by the message. And it's, and it's, and it's, and it's huge. Yeah. No, that, I love that communication deal for sure. Um, I, I agree with that. That's probably why I think that uh, I kind of, you know, try to talk slower and things like that because I have a tendency to talk fast, as you can tell. That's one of my issues. No, I, you're good. I, I talk you're fast, good. Um, but um, especially when I'm up there, I have a translator. So, as you saw when we did the conference, but I, I think it's very important to what can we provide the congregation that they can use practically in their life or whatnot, yeah. right? Um, just take something from it, right. um, and that that's my goal. So when I'm writing out my my message or whatnot, and I'm in the middle, I, I actually teach Thursday. Um, so I'm kind of, you know, writing some stuff out, uh, talking about doubting, doubting God or whatever, Ooh, you know, Thomas good. or whatever. Yeah. So, but um, this little precursor for those watching, but um, <laughs> listening. But I, I'm like you, man, you got to be a good communicator um, and you want to make sure that the people that are listening to you are, and again, I'm not saying there's anything or yelling and screaming. I, I do that every now and then, but I want to be concise. I'm really big on that. I just don't want to be up there wasting people's time, right? Just let me, oh, it's my turn. Let me go up there and just waste time, whatever, and talk about, no, I want to actually be talking about something that can help somebody in their walk with God or whatever. So they can take it away. Like you said, hey, well, man, that thing that you did, I, it was on my mind for a long time. So that's my thought process when I get up there. Yeah, and I want to be clear on this, bro. Like, Pat, as preachers, as communicators, as teachers, we, we get passionate about what we're talking right. about. We get passionate, and, and that comes natural. And there's nothing wrong with expressing yourself at no. that level. There's nothing wrong with really expressing your, your, your point like that. Yeah, for sure. But where I'm at with it is just, if you're going to do that and you're going to be passionate about it, like do it full heartedly, but say something. Right. Say something that's going to, that's really going to implant into the heart and into the mind. They're going to remember. Yeah. And it, you know, I just don't want to be up there blowing smoke, man. Um, You know, so thankfully, you know, when I go up there, it's like, oh, okay, I actually did something. I actually, you know, did a great job or whatever. And obviously you want your altar call to be great as well. That's very important. Make sure that your altar calls, you know, better than your preaching, if you will. Right, right. You know, so it, that's why I say it's a work in progress. Like, I didn't grow, Jay, I never would see myself, I remember the church I went to now, Mother Cartwright, she's passed when I first came to Houston. All these stories, right? But when I first came to Houston, I was looking for churches. My grandma would call me like, hey, have you found a church home yet? Have you found a church yeah, home yet? Yeah, So I ended up going to this one church. Uh, I can't even remember, remember it now, but... I walked in there on a Sunday morning. It was like, I don't know, 10 people in there, a small church. And Mother Carwright, God bless her, so she was up there. If you don't get saved, baptized, you're going to go to hell. I was like, oh, yeah, this is where I need to be right here. And, uh, <laughs> but forgot my train of thought or whatever, but um, just like that. But my my point is, is that, you know, I'm, I'm with you on the communication. I can't remember where I was going with that, but, yeah. Yeah, on, on the communication channel, um. Uh, you were you were at this church, you know, and and they were ex- uh, how you perceived and that that message and how they were explaining it to you, um, man. That's it, it's so important, bro, to to walk out and to really bring substance. Yeah, for to sure. Really bring substance. Yeah, 
Uh, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. So that that's my deal. Like I, I like to go up there, and uh, that's why I always like to use real life situations. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, Pastor Burnett does this. He brings news articles or something we see. It. I try to do the same thing. Not always, but I try to bring some news articles, some pictures to kind of get you some quotes or something from, I see a lot of pastors do this or preachers do this, you know, bring something for the visual. Relevant, but, yeah. Um, but I, I want to make sure what I'm doing is going to stick or whatever. I just don't want to just be up there just talking. The same thing I do in class. Everything that I do, I want to make sure I'm the best at, right? So... I don't want to just go. I, that's just me. It, I, it's not a competition per se. Like I'm like, but I'm gonna like. All right, man. Like when I went, um, brother Fish was amazing. I'm. You're yeah, not trying yeah. to be better than anybody, right? No, but no, no. You want to be good. You want to be the best. I'm not gonna go up there and just be like whatever. So, uh, Sister Genesis called me or whatever. So hey, we would like you to preach whatever they you know mention your name. I was like, oh wow, okay, cool. So in my mind that entire time, I was like, man, I need to be the best. I need to make sure that I'm up there. You know. Whatever I deliver, I want it to be magnificent. And it's not right. Mr. It's not Mr. Smith. It's not Ron, but it's the Lord. So when I go to class every day, even though I've been teaching sociology for years, I still look at my textbook. I still look over my notes. And when I go in there, I can like be live, bro. I want to be like one of the best or whatever. That right. whatever you do, you want to do it to the glory of God. Exactly. So I do that in the classroom and I do that in church as well. When I'm on the drums, even though I'm not that great, oh, <laughs> whatever man. I do, I'm trying to be the best, bro. Bro, let's let's go there for a minute. Yeah. You got time? You get you no, good. good. No, I'm just getting these ESPN uh, you oh. know, messages. It's all good. Oh, man. You said something right now that just really triggered me. Um, there are views. There are views in the church that believe that you're filled with the Holy Ghost mm. and then now you're ready to go. <laughs> with no preparation. Yeah. No planning. And and I've literally ha I've spoken to speakers, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to disclose any right, names. Right, right, right. I've I've spoken to speakers that have straight up said, "Bro, you're too structured. You're too structured." And and I was like, "That's fine. Like, in my I like being structured, of course, because I can lose my train of thought very easily. And people yeah. that know me know that. Yeah. So the last thing I want to do is be in the middle of a point in front of you know. A, a good group of people yep. and then not bring it home. Yep. And here's, here's why, bro. Here's why it's so important to really be prepared and plan in your communication and in whether it's in front of people. And I know we, it, it, some people can say, well, we're preachers. We're not communicators. No, you're communicating a message. Of course you're communicating a message and it has, it has to be clear and concise. So here's the thing. God has delegated to us the truth. And then we have, the responsibility of stewarding that well. Mm. There's a God thing. Mm -hmm. And then there's also a you thing. And when they come together, bro, and you, and we step out of our way, mm -hmm. we step out of our way and let God get in the way. Then that's when really God will take over for one, but being prepared and being, being planned and organized, bro, that I believe that that is our responsibility in stewarding and, uh, and stewarding the truth properly. If God says, this is the message you're going to deliver, right? Mm -hmm. And then and in your thought process, you work it out. Yeah. You got your scriptures, you got your points, you, you, you feel the passion about it. It's basically what it comes down to is stewarding. Right. It's stewarding because you're, you're taking the word that God is entrusting you to give. And bro, I, I would feel terrible and I would feel really bad if, if God is giving me this gold, to transform lives. He's giving me this message to transform lives and I go up there and I fumble it. Yeah. 
yeah. I never made it to the end zone. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. never brought it home. <laughs> I didn't get to score with it. And everybody sees you running. Yeah. You're running like a madman, but you never made it to the end zone. Yeah. You fumbled it all on your own. I didn't steward that properly and I didn't bring my my context to it. I didn't I didn't organize or prepare in advance to be able to deliver a good message that they can understand. Right. And then use it. Man, dude, don't ever, bro, don't ever think that you're too structured, you know? So whatever they said, don't listen to that. But because what happens is you can go up there super structured. And I'm always, uh, my translator, I think I told, I don't know, I can't remember the brother name uh, that translated from me. Uh, but I think it was uh, Julio. Brother Julio, Julio. Yeah, yeah. Julio. I think I said Julio. I was like, oh, bro, I was like, be ready for anything, right? So my wife goes up, hey, be ready for anything. Because what happens is I'm super structured, but I'll go off script or whatever because yeah. I'm not going to be too structured. Because as long as I'm ready and prepared, I feel good. Like, okay, not do this in class. I'll have more uh, stuff that I can probably talk about. Yeah. I do the same thing with church. So I'm like, boom, boom, boom. Why, why wouldn't you be structured? I mean, the, God is not the author of confusion. Right. You know, so you want to make sure you're representing him, mm -hmm. right? So you want to go up there, and this is just we're this is everybody. This is preaching one on one or whatever, right? So we're you want to make sure you're prepared. You think some of these? Now I'll say this, and it was interesting when I was getting my minister license. You go on Ministry Central or whatever, and you know look at those videos and stuff, right? And they were talking about like different styles of preachers, yeah. And one of the things was, and I can vouch for this because Victor Jackson, that's my guy. He's super cool. Yeah. Uh, he told me this, uh, but there was like, you got some people, they write their whole script, script out and everything. And you got some people that just like write jot little notes. And you got some people, they can just go up there and just preach. Yeah. Now, I know for sure Victor Jackson told me before, that's my guy. He's sexy. Hey, how you doing? You know, everybody knows Victor Jackson. I'm name dropping. But he's done that. And like at times, I'm, I'm, I think he was saying he don't do it all the time, but it's times where the spirit is just moving so hard. They yeah, just yeah. go up there and just, yeah. I can't do that. Right. You know, my level of uh, talent ability is not at that level. So I got to be like having to make sure that my, my stuff is laid out before me. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to allow the Lord to use you because you may get up there and talk, start talking about some stuff, but the Lord may lead you somewhere else right. because the spirit is moving that way. Yeah, yeah. Right. But if you're prepared, then I can always go back to that preparation. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just me. And plus, this is just me being completely honest. Like, I'm kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, insecure, okay. frankly, when I go up there because I'm like, man, I haven't, I didn't go to Bible school, you know, I don't know this Bible in and out or whatever. So I need to make sure that I'm like meticulous as far as like what I have written down and everything like this or whatever. So that's that, good. That's just me. Cause I, I am insecure, you know, in terms of delivering the, the, the word of God, you know, even though that it wasn't me that got me up here, it's the Lord that put me in this position. And frankly, everybody's not going to be happy that I'm up there, generally speaking, or that you're up there, or that certain people yeah, up there, because yeah. they, I want to be up there. Why is he up mm -hmm. there? You know, he shouldn't be up there or whatever. I've been here. Da, da, da. That, we can't, and this is not being antagonistic. You know, and I'm not not talking about whoever's talking to you. This is generally speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's not going to be happy about your ministry, mm. right? Everybody's not going to be like, "Oh man, that's great." So you, that's why you got to focus your message on what the Lord is telling you, and that you want to bless souls. But bro, you, obviously, I'll never forget. I, I was like, "Man, this is guy." He goes, "All right, yeah." And <laughs> I'll be seeing you everywhere, dude. Like you're everywhere. So just do your thing. I'm up here, you know. But do your thing, dude. I appreciate that, man. I love that. And 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 I and I said all that just to say the fact that just because we have the Holy Ghost doesn't mean you can walk up there with your Bible and automatically have a message. No. And that's just not how it works, bro. Like, and that's why I say it's stewardship. And then you hit it right on right on the head, bro. The the fact that it's like I want to be good. Like, you have to bring an essence of of your human self 
and combine it with what God has given you to give to the people. And if you and that's biblical also mm-hmm. because you look at you you go all the way back to the beginning, point it out anywhere. God could do whatever it is that he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Does he need us to do it? No, no, no. absolutely not. And no. at the same time, he has he has used the partnership of men mm-hmm. to be able to lead his people, speak to his people, and move through his people. Yep. And we can go on and on about that and so many examples of that. But what it comes down to is just stewardship, bro. And and when I when I speak in front of people, I want to be able to do it in a way that they can receive what God gave me the same way that he gave it to me. Yeah. And I want them to feel it feel it in their heart the same way that I felt it when he gave it to me. Oh, that's good, man. That's good. I, I feel the same way with whether it's in my class and, and at work or even in, in church the same way or whatnot because um, I have certain thoughts, whatever, but it may not come off all the time like I think it should or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm with you there. You want the, the audience or you want the, the congregation to kind of feel what the Lord gave you, you know, kind of understand like, hey, this is what I mean by X, Y, Z. And that that takes time, that takes preparation, that takes, um, you know, prayer, if you will, yeah, as well. Yeah. So um, every time I go up there to to deliver the word, man, it's, you know, I get butterflies in my stomach, man. It's yeah. like, oof. You know, and when it's over, I feel like a weight has been lifted, yeah. right? Because I, I did my job or whatever. So, you know, I did what the Lord asked me to do. But preparation is key, man. That's, you know, that's very key, man. I'm And this is me. Like, I'm practicing in the mirror my lesson. Or whatever. Oh, wow. Right, yeah. yeah I'm, that's good. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, because I'm talking to myself. Like, I'm, I'm working it out in my mind. Like, I'm writing my lesson. I do the same thing about when I'm lecturing or whatever. My my wife would be like, I'll be in the car, and, you know, I'll be like, and she'll be like, all right, who are you talking to? I'll be like, oh, I'm lecturing in my head. I'm okay. preaching in my head, right? So that's what I do. Bro, you do it in the mirror. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've never, sure. I've never done that before. Yeah, so just in a restroom, whatever, just brushing your teeth or whatever, and then, you know, I'm looking, and I'll, I'll give you some sex. I'm looking. I'm like, hey, the Lord says this, and now I'm in the mirror. There's okay. this, there's this uh, scholar. Um, he's you know, Charles Horton Cooley. He's dead now. Whatever. Okay. He has something called the Looking Glass Self. All okay. right. It's a theory called the Looking Glass Self, and what that represents is we see uh people people are our mirrors or whatever. We see ourselves in people. So people say, oh, they're smart or whatever. Then we think that we're smart or whatever. It's, it's called a, other people are our mirrors or whatever. So to me, I want to, what does it look like with me when I'm delivering a word? I have to look and see. I don't like looking at myself on a playback or whatever during the, okay. um, I don't like doing that. Um, I know Pastor Vanessa, hey, sometimes you need to do that to kind of see, just it's good to do that sometimes. But I, I, I'm like, ah, kind of, you know, but I don't like hearing my voice when I look at podcasts and stuff. But <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, I do do that in the mirror and I talk to myself or whatever and act act like that I'm preaching or act like yeah, I'm yeah. teaching. Yeah. Bro, are you naturally an introvert? Yeah, I don't like people. <laughs> I, just, I, just, it's, I, I tell my students, I'm like, it's crazy. I'm like, I, I'm like, I do not like people, ironically, but it's a joke, of, of course. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, of course. But no, I don't, I'd rather just chill. Like, I don't really like talking that much or whatever to people. Yeah. And here we are talk, having a phenomenal that, conversation on a that's, podcast, that's, man. That's the irony. So that's the irony. But yeah, my wife was like, man, you know, yeah, I don't really like. That's how you know, bro, to me, in, in, my, in my opinion, that's how you know that God is moving. Because through our weaknesses, yeah. he will pull out the best. And you can't say I did it, yeah. Because 
we would rather not be in front of people. And I say we because I'm naturally an oh, introvert yeah, as well. Okay. Yeah. And and we're on the same page on so many you, different things. You seem pretty categories. quiet too, though. You, you, seem pretty, you seem pretty quiet too, so yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, people, being around people, it drains me. Yeah. I, I, I need I need some rest after yeah. after being around a lot of people. And I, I love doing it. Yeah. I love doing it. But doing this right here, yeah, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of a lot of courage, even more than doing it at the pulpit. And I, I don't know if it has anything to do with the experience. Yeah. I've been doing that quite a, a long time. And in this, I just started. Oh, okay. And when I first started doing this on a podcast, bro, you have no idea the struggle that I went through mentally to, really? to, to be able to turn on the mic yeah. and then speak like this. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll share some like messages or teachings on my own. Yeah. But then, like you said, like hear my own voice. Yeah. 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 But, and, and I brought up the, the mirror thing because yeah. I couldn't do it in the mirror. Really? No, no, I yeah, can't do it no. in the mirror. Just, and again, this is just cause like, I talk to myself a lot. Okay. Right. I talk to myself a lot and I'm, you know, whether I'm always like trying to like just that, I mean, I'm kind of weird like that, dude. Like, I'm definitely, like, always no, practicing. That's not weird, man. It's unique. It's good. I'm always practicing, like, my lecturing. I'm always practicing my preaching in my head or in the mirror, like, talking to myself, like, you know. And then when I get there, it won't be, like, a surprise or whatever. It won't be it'll, – it'll be natural, I guess. You ever seen quarterbacks warm up on the field before yeah. game time? Yeah. yeah. They yeah. do all these crazy movements. For sure. Um, they, they had memes going on about Dak Prescott a couple years <laughs> yeah, ago the, doing the, the, the whole hip, the, the the hip, flex, hip yeah. thing. But it was important in his routine to be able to go out and perform well. Mm-hmm. And then the other day, they were they were showing something about CJ Stroud doing this crazy thing, this this uh, rotator cuff movement mm-hmm. with the towel and thing. So all that preparation, that's what us as communicators, preachers, and teachers of what we're doing. So you do it in the mirror. You do it, uh, you know, you kind of speaking to yourself. Yeah. I do it mentally because mm-hmm. I'm visual. Okay. So I I don't write script out or scripted out anything. I have bullets. Okay. You know to help me. Bring oh your br- your message. You do bullet points. I do bullets. Oh, that's good. That's yeah, I do good. bullets. I have scripture. I got I got bullets. So it might be like one sentence, right? But I know what I'm trying to say with that sentence. That's good. And and it didn't start that way though. I used to script everything. No, no I feel, I have scripture, and then I have like a section called commentary. Okay. And then I have like I'm, but in that commentary, it has like scripted, but I can change it. But that's that. Okay. The bullet points is good though. Yeah. That. That's a long story, bro. We can we can do a whole nother episode on communication, but it didn't start that way. I used to script everything. Yeah. And then one day my wife uh finally motivated me to to switch over to iPad and be a little bit more organized same, with that. Same. And then I started doing bullets and then that changed that changed everything. That's good doing bullet points. So that means you gotta you really gotta be off the top of your dome or whatever. You gotta be really good. Well, I wouldn't say good, but it keeps me organized. Okay. It keeps me organized. And and then I know uh if if you know the message uh, and then you received it clearly from God, then you know exactly what what that's gonna mean. Yeah, you know, and it never, and it works different for everybody. And there's nothing wrong with scripting. And there's and it and it's just simply uh, giving giving what God gave you. Yeah, and then allowing Him to work through that, and then just trusting in that because every time that a communicator steps on the pulpit, yeah, you're actually taking a step of faith. Oh, for sure. And I'll tell you why, bro. The message that you believe that God gave you. Mm-hmm. How do you know what what the people need? That's a good question, man. That's a real good it's question. It's a step of faith. That's a good question. You have to believe that this word right here is going to be effective for the life. And we know that it's God. We know it's God's word, that all of it is effective. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword. We know that. But it's also coming from you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's, a, that's a really good, man. How do, how do you know that's what the... I just... You know, it, some a lot of times I'm like, oh, man, that's for me. You talking to me. Other times, I don't want to say, oh, that's not for me. But right, right, right. 
somebody maybe is, not now it isn't exactly but what you're saying somebody if yeah. it's one or two people it's for somebody right so I and you know I kind of do the same thing in my lectures like you know what I'm talking about may not pertain to you in terms of your journey but somebody is listening mm -hmm. you know so it, that's, that's all so it takes is one or two yeah that's so good man and even af afterwards afterwards I don't know if you ever experienced um like this vulnerability afterwards it's like oh man I hope I did it right <laughs> man it's just that I, I think yeah. even to the most experienced, bro, it, it happens. It's like, man, I hope I just, I, man, I hope I didn't bomb that. I fell yeah. on my face. And it's yeah. like, man, I'm just, you know, you go through all so many thoughts. And not everybody, and I say this because not everybody's going to get it right there and then. Yeah. Some people are going to get get it on the way home. And then some people is going to hit a Monday morning. Yeah. And it may be even later than that. I'm again. I already told you, man. I'm, I'm insecure. So if anybody listens to this podcast and they hear me preach again, just know up there. Uh, when I go up there, I'm insecure, man. So and I don't think that's going away because that's I, just gonna make me uh, cheer you on that much more, uh, bro. Man. Next time I see you, yeah. So I'm I'm definitely up there feeling. I don't. I guess what they call is called imposter syndrome. Right, right. So right. I'm like, man, I don't need to be here, man. Look at, you know, that's right, the devil. Like, look right. what you're doing. Like, dude, what are you up here preaching, dude? You, was, you know what I'm saying? Come on, that part right there, right. man. So, but then I, I, once I get up there and I get going, then I'm cool. Yeah. You know, and then my wife, usually before she, when, you know, she was, obviously when she was pregnant up after she was, on, she was like, she's my translator. So we're like a team. She's my translator, especially in the, in the Spanish. But when I go teaching English, whenever that, that's, I'm up there by myself, but we're a team. But yeah, man, dude, I'm up there, man. I'm just like, it, once I get going, it's cool. I'm like, all right. Um, but before, I'm like, dude, what am I doing here? Like, oh, Lord, why you got me doing this? Whatever. Um, and then after, I feel good. But my altar call, I, I'm just insecure, basically, from the time I start to altar calls finish, right? That's just 100% true. But I always got to remember, it's not like I asked to be here. God put me up here. Come on. That's what I got to remember. Come right? on, preacher. So, yeah, that's why I think about, like, he, I didn't ask, say, hey, Lord, I want to be a preacher, I want to be a preacher. He's the one that installed me in this situation. He's not going to put you in front of his people or whatever and to deliver a message if he didn't want you to be there, right? Whoever's listening right now, you got to go back at one speed <laughs> and hear that again. Maybe two times. Hear it two times. Bring a notepad and write that down. Man, that's so good. Love it. It's just true, dude. It's just true. So, but when I, I'm probably the most, but when I'm in class or whatever, I, I know all that. I know the textbook. I know everything. I know everything about sociology or a lot of stuff. I can go in there and I can, but when I, I when mm -hmm. I go up there and I could read the Bible front and back, I would still feel insecure. I got a minister's license. Okay. whoop de do whatever. Right. I just, it's so big as far as like the word of God and you know, everything that that entails, who am I to be up there? I just want to keep that in mind. Like, I'm nothing. Like, I've seen, and this is what irks me. And I'm not, you know, big shot preachers, and they have entourages in mm. Pentecost, in in church. Like, mm. dude, like, you're a preacher, bro. Like, okay. And, I, and I've been around, I don't want to, and again, I'm not knocking. These are just the reality. Right, right, right. right. You're not a rock star. You're a preacher for the people, mm. whatever. So you're not untouchable. Like, you should be able to be approachable, things like this. So that's why me as a minister, like, I try to make sure that, like, hey, what's up? You know, I'm a regular person. I love I love mentoring, and I love talking to younger younger speakers, or especially whenever somebody comes up with a question, bro. Yeah. Like, I sometimes probably give them too much information, <laughs> and, I, and I go on a rant. Yeah. And, I, and I, one of the things that I try to share a lot it to, to spe especially preachers is like you're a preacher, not a performer. Mm, that's really good. Wow, 
you're a preacher, not a performer. Let the performers do what they do, and yeah. they perform, and 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 they make their daily bread by performing and entertaining people. We're not here to entertain anybody. Yeah, a preacher is not a performer, and what we do is steward the word of God and deliver it to people. And if you want a mental image, bro, when the people were in the desert following Jesus and the disciples said, these people are hungry. What are we going to do? Let's send them back home. No, no, like feed them. Mm-hmm. And then they said, what are we going to feed them with? And I said, what do you have? <laughs> so here's the irony in that story. They take, they take the boys lunch and we know the story. They distribute it. Mm-hmm. And then the more that Jesus broke the bread and the fish, the more it multiplied and they fed, they fed this multitude. 4,000 and 5,000 and two different occasions in case people didn't know that that's two different occasions. So he gave it to the disciples could have, if, if he did the, the, the miraculous in multiplying it. Yeah. Couldn't he have placed it on a plate and get and and had it appear for Right. Right. He could have done that if he wanted to, but he gave it to the disciples and it wasn't so much about the people receiving lunch that day. Mm -hmm. It was also, it was also about the disciples learning to provide the ailment that Jesus was giving them and them to steward it to the people. Yeah, that's good, man. So the bread of life that we receive through the word of God, he gives it to us to deliver to people. Mm-hmm. We're the one. Why can't God just give it to them directly? Yeah. They're at home. They can receive it in their private room, yeah. in their living room, yeah. wherever they are in their car. And I'm not going to, and you're not going to use my introvertness introvertness yeah, yeah. my awkwardness yeah. to to mess that up right like you remove all of that I'd, I'd rather them get it directly from the source for sure yeah and it's god's will to use man as a partnership to deliver that he gave them the bread they fed it to the people that's a good that's a real good breakdown for sure um and you know i'm just that's why i say i'm just a part a piece of the the puzzle i'm just a piece of the puzzle man so um Everybody's different. Everybody delivers their message totally different. So when, yeah. when I go up there, I just try to do my little part and make sure that, you know, I give the bread uh, like the Lord. That's the good analogy give that I give the bread to the people like the Lord, you know, want me to. And then the next person go up there. So we're a team as well. Yeah, too. That's another thing. We're yeah. a team. So that's what I like about, you know, our church and how we do things as far as the calendar. I'm sure other churches do this as well. You know, we have a minister team and stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm just a... And going back to sports, it's like we're we're a part of the team. Everybody has a, a role to play. Everybody, you know, has like you said a while back, a certain talent that they can bring in terms of you know providing the people, and that's how I look at it. So I just do my little part or whatever, and just make sure that I, I'm I'm a good teammate and stuff like this, and not get too big, not get too mighty, and you know it works out like that. So I just I'm just a small piece of this, man. Just a very small piece. Man, I, I love your story, bro. I, I think you're a key a key vessel to this generation and a key voice to this generation, whether it's in the church or it's in academia, it doesn't, it doesn't, regardless of where you're at Mm -hmm. God is going to use you in a special way, bro. And I, and I have this feeling and I just know that we're going to be seeing a lot more of Ron (laughs) Smith, you know, and, and I want you to remember that name because God is going to use you in a way, man, that is going to reach people that normal people that have already been doing this for a long time, Don't do not have the opportunity to do, and they don't have the grace to do it the way you can. Man, I appreciate it, man. Um, you know, it's it's our turn. We're up next. When the older generation, they're dying out. They're getting older. It's who's going to be next? So, 
you know, we got to keep that torch burning, man. We got to step up, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for being here, brother Ron, man. I, I respect you so much. Oh, man, Jay, don't. I love you, man. The, the, the accolades, man. I, I'm, I'm just appreciate you, man. This has been fun for sure, man. This has been awesome. I look forward to, you know, checking out the replay. For sure. And I know it's not going to be the last time, man. And, um, and I thank you for being gracious with your time. Oh, Congratulations on the new baby. Thank you, man. Thank and, you. Um, man, y'all, y'all send this man some shout outs, a new baby, beautiful family. And uh, say hello to your wife for us as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, Shyster, man, check us out on Instagram for sure, man. Um, we appreciate you, man. Everything that you you doing. So, you know, I'm 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 invite me back anytime you want, man. This has been a, a, a good deal. I appreciate absolutely, you. absolutely. And we're gonna put some descriptions in the or links in the description to where people can find you for sure on Facebook and Instagram and all of the handles there, so you can connect uh, with with brother Ron. Thank you for being with us today to our community to uh, the Truth Army. Thank you for uh, being with us today. Thank you for taking time and tuning in. And I want you to remember this out of, out of everything that we've talked about as well, that you are called, you are seen, and you are loved. And that's the truth. Thank you for being part of our conversation today. In the description below, you will find links where you can connect with Professor Ron Smith. If you enjoyed today's podcast, go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss out on anything. Also, if you would like to contribute in helping us reach others, I invite you to do so simply by leaving a good rating, leave a review, or even share it on social media, and that would mean so much to me. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you. In the description below, you will find links where we can connect. Let me know how this was helpful to you. You can also visit my blog page where you can find more helpful content like this at inspired2inspired.org. Inspired the number two, inspire.org. And for now, continue moving forward in the direction God is leading you. Continue taking steps closer in becoming who God has intended you to be so you can be impactful in every area of your life. God bless, and we'll see you on the next one.